all sorts of evil stuff coming out of these portals. Whereas if you're oming and you're you've got this cultural overlay that it's Jesus and there's God, well, God and and good aliens, you're going to manifest that kind of stuff. Okay, guys, welcome back to the Grand America Show. Well, we are going to be chatting with friend of the show Alex Karras is coming back, and we've got friend of the show Grant Cameron back, getting uh, getting an hour of conversation in for every half an hour he's around, and of course we got uh, the one and only Graham Golden Goose Dunlop. How's it going, buddy? What the fuck is that supposed to mean? You're the golden. You're my golden goose. I thought you were mentioning something. I thought you were going to mention something about my wound. Your wound, your cat scratch fever. It's not. It's a bite. It's oh, you got bit in the face. It's a bite, man, not a scratch. What were you doing? What were you up to? Was snuggling (laughs) up a little bit. It's the it's the cat that's really unreliable. Like when she wants to cuddle, she will not accept anything but a cuddle. And when she doesn't want to, she just she'll just lash out at you. So she bit me. Got some piercing damage in the inside, and then some slashing damage on the outside. Like my girlfriend's like, "You got to go get stitches." I'm like, "I don't need stitches." And It was bad. It was bleeding all over the place. Why like, was it was your the mouth worst open? fucking wound. What? Why was your mouth it open? It wasn't. She just grabbed my lip with her mouth. Like, oh, it was brutal. What's I was like, oh, happen? and then blood everywhere. What time did this happen? Like, after work. Huh. Anyways, yeah. So your girlfriend wasn't like, what were you doing to the cat? Wasn't Zeus? No, she got upset at the cat. No, Zeus would never do that. Hmm. Because it sort of seems like you were trying to kiss your cat. Just snuggling up. Is it a cat a boy? It's a girl. <laughs> Plot thickens. You should have seen. I walked into the meeting room at work today and seen his fucking face and just fucking burst out laughing. Can't help it. I knew it had. You know, at first I thought maybe he got slashed in the face at hockey. And then I was like, no, there's a story here. <laughs> <laughs> fucking cat. I only lost a couple hit points. It's all good. There you go. Taken down by the pussy. Yeah. So? So this is a great chat with Grant and Alex. Alex. We'll get into lots of stuff, belief systems and the secret space program and government cover-ups and consciousness versus, like, nuts and bolts type stuff. It's fantastic. Alex really pushes pushes back on this one with Grant, and it's great. You know, Grant's a good sport about it. Yeah, Absolutely, yeah. Always fun to have Alex on the show. Of course, he... Uh, Another member of the 432 Club wanted to come on and, and join us and Grant and do a show. It was a great time. All that UFO stuff is way the fuck what, over my head. What's the 432 Club for people that don't know? That's when you donate $432 and you get to come on a show if you want. Does that have and to be all at once? doesn't have to be, no. No. Total. Not they, us. They keep track. Not us. You keep track. Honor system. Don't be an asshole. I mean, we got people out there that have, have done it a few times. They just don't want to come on the show because they're nervous or for whatever reason. Yeah, but not everybody wants to do You got the option if, you, if you're a supporter and you support at that level, then you can reach out and you can join us for an interview. I mean, shit, we let Clint do that just because he's given us so many great guests. Yeah. So it's just another way to help the show. It's all over there at America.ca slash support. I mean, I'm sure we could figure it out, but we'd just rather not. Just don't lie. If you donated 432, just be truthful about it. Let us know. Come on the show. I got a bone to pick with you. A bone to pick. Yeah. With me. Yeah. Careful, bud. I heard Is it from the be- picture of you with your hands behind your back from last week? 
No. That, that's a bit of a bone to pick, but not like this one. So, no, I mean, it's the intro that I wasn't here for when I was away. Oh. Yeah. And you're giving me grief for not podcasting, but playing D&D in the middle of the night or something. Right. And I mean, when I remember clearly before I left, I'm like, yeah, we can podcast from over there. I was open to do everything. Intros. You're like, no, 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 no. So we're, all good. we're all good. Intro without you. That'll be a good change for the show. You're out there traveling. Intro without you. And then I'm, I'm up jet lagged in the middle of the night. The guys have to be playing D&D. The rest of the team's out partying and drinking. So I'm like, oh, I'm going to play some D&D. Then you get all fucking aggro. You're like, oh, the guy won't podcast. He's playing D&D in the middle of the night. He's calling the abo aggro. And then and then uh and then I'm on for the intro anyways the next week. So what what's up with that, dude? Wow. You're playing D D. If you can so stay what? up all night to I play D. I could stay. I offered to do the podcast. podcast. I offered. Yeah. Of course I can. Why'd you I listen offered. to that intro? I didn't. I heard from people. <laughs> from this, my eyes and ears. Here we go. There. Here we fucking go again. I say something <laughs> and it comes back to harm me. I'm just gonna start keeping my fucking mouth shut on this show. <laughs> People sticking up for the ground. Uh, yeah. It's fucking pathetic. Yeah. Hey, he was there playing D D. If he can get up in the middle of the night to play make believe fucking I arena wasn't getting battles. Up. I stayed up. I was jet lagged. Arena battles or whatever you're talking about. No, There's this no, new that's different. The, that's different. The that blood was an actual pit. campaign. No. You didn't stay up all night for blood, but I also heard you're playing D D like two hours after you got off the plane. <laughs> <laughs> Is that true? No. Not true? No. Three hours? Four. <laughs> Four or five, maybe. I think was that your was that your campaign that night? I think so. You yeah. had to go through customs and everything. So Yeah, Brody, well they they were playing. I'm like, I'm back, I'm home, I'll play, yeah. Why not? Why not? Yeah. <sighs> yeah, that was the demigorgon play, right? Yeah. I don't watch TV. I just study for this podcast and play D D and hang out with a girlfriend. I mean and That's play it. some hockey. And study for D D. And study for D and D and listen to podcasts and you know, like, and get bit by cats. Every week, I listen to probably ten to twenty hours worth of stuff for this show. That's why you're the golden goose, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get killed in D and D land. I'm just, you know, you're teetering on that edge of oblivion. You're playing three nights a <laughs> no, week I'm now. Not, no, like no. you're just like no two. Once, maybe. You're, once you're playing four nights a week, you're now spending more time. In D and D world, than you're spending in reality because well, you're spending most up. of your day I'm at just your job, which is podcast. So, just setting that up. You're just you're just <laughs> practicing. <laughs> good stuff. Oh yeah, good stuff. Of course, if you do want to listen to any D and D, just check out America.ca slash FM. I oh. think cruising with steak night is usually D and D. So yeah, that's our live channel. We got uh, other shows like OBDM. Or big dumb mouth. Those guys. Yeah, hey, I was awesome. on OBDM. Those guys are awesome. They have a very. While you were gone. That's another thing I did while you were gone. <laughs> really? I went yeah. on OBDM. Oh yeah, and I'm going on Tinfoil Hat next week too. Really? Yeah. Oh, good for you. So you're just branching out on your own, are you? Hey, you're D and D and all. You know, I need something to do. I need something to do while you're D and D and all the time. So cruising with stakes on there too, and and probably should shout out to um, is that Cat point? in the Box. Is it Cat, Cat in, the box? in the Box? Our buddy Adam Lowe. because he's, he's helping out. He's with a the station show. manager. Station yeah, he's manager. he's station manager over at America FM. Um, who else on? I think that's it. John Brisson's going to be starting his uh, Fix Your Gut podcast on there right away on Sundays. That's probably going to happen in the next week or two. And 
Otherwise, um, there's a lot of, it's just 24 hours of recycling uh, Everyone's all, all of our shows, right? Yeah, all of our, I'm supposed to be uploading all the new episodes, but I haven't been doing that. I'll get back on doing that, but that's okay. Everyone else, I think everyone else is keeping up on it pretty good. And uh, yeah, it's a good little, good thing. People turn it on in the morning and they listen to it all day at work. OBDM is on what night? Uh, Thursdays. Thursdays. And, and Cruiser Mistakes is Tuesdays. So. And then right. we're Wednesday. And we're so those Wednesdays. Are the, I think those are the main live nights, Tuesday, yeah. Wednesday, Thursday. Brisson's going to be thir- or Sundays. And I think I'm still talking with Tripoli about getting him doing Mondays, but it's going to take That's some gonna time. That's going to be tough, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's It's hard to switch live. To I mean, we down. really appreciate the OBDM guys and Cruiser Mistake actually switching their kind of calendar to going live for this. Yeah. Um, I think, right? I mean, it was a transition for them. You think and it's hard we for people it? to do that. No, no, no. I think they, they oh, yeah. did that. Like, they actually switched. Yeah. Because it's hard for, I mean, you know, we go live. Look, tonight, what happened tonight? We we're recording this intro and our guest didn't show up um, or, we, or we didn't get a hold of him or something happened. So we're in the middle Pop, of canceled. doing one, one show and then we transition into the intro for the other show. So it's kind of hard to have a, it's different trying to do something live every, every week. Especially when sure. you show up 10 minutes before your fucking interviews start. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's a challenge. <laughs> we're late. Scrambling in. Seems to be a theme lately. We gotta watch that. Reel it in. Yeah. And so start scheduling a little later. Anyways, keeping the, with the support thing and all the YouTube, uh, we're still going live on YouTube as well every week. That's right. And uh, there is a super chats in there, which is another way to to help out the show. Absolutely. And it's also good to subscribe in there. I think after uh, even if you don't watch on YouTube, if you go subscribe, uh, then yeah, we yeah, can yeah, get yeah, enough yeah. subscribers on the YouTube channel to uh, to change the model. I, I don't know about changing them all. I think you can start doing like doing memberships where you can do the same monthly thing. I that mean, you not do. that we want to really even put our eggs into the YouTube basket. I, mean, oh. I don't even want to. I mean, but it, but we're there now and we'll stay there as long we as we zero get. zero strikes. Yeah, we're still at zero strikes. So we're not popular enough to get censored yet. You got to make us popular enough to get censored on YouTube. There's like over 300 hours worth, 300,000 hours of content. That's, there's a lot. How much? There's, well, 310 episodes that fucking, you know, average two hours. Yeah, that's a lot of hours. Those are all up on YouTube? Yeah, since we've been doing that for a while, yeah. Yeah. Every show we've ever done is on YouTube. Oh, we did put it on. That's good, yeah. Yeah, I did. We did. So subscribe. (laughs) (laughs) I delegated that to you. Yeah, thanks, bud. (laughs) Fucking, you do a lot of delegating, eh? Silent uh, delegator. Uh, so uh, talk about the chats on the website. America.ca says chats. No, no, no. But the chats are great. A, is there a new thing going on with the chats? Or why was cruising why was cruising with steak or why was Grimsteak trying to get the fucking Google chats back up and going the other day? Oh, I don't know. Does that is still exist even? He's just a yeah, troll. He's, <laughs> he's a real fucking piece of work, that Grimsteak. <laughs> he's probably listening. Oh no, he's not listening. He can't be listening. He just popped onto my Discord page just as I said his name. Yeah, that's funny. Um, oh, I don't know. So, anyways, the chats is the, the Discord chat rollover chats, is pretty well done, now. and it's kind of perpetual. It's always going. We just switched always over going. to new channels. We switched over to new channels. Added a bit of gamification in there for fun. People were a little timid at first. Now it's a big competition to see because how it works now is the more you participate in the chats, you get to move up in the. You keep getting. Up. But people don't have to, I want to clear this up. Like people don't have to, you know, I'm in a bunch of discord chats that I don't participate in. I follow every once in a while. I read it. You're in like 50 discords. No, I'm not. It's fucked up. No, I'm not. So, but anyways, it's okay for people to be in there and not participate. Right. 
That's right. You just have to have an avatar. If you don't have an avatar, I will kick why, you out. Why is that now? Because you just don't want a bunch of I don't want to risk initials bots. in there? Oh, is that what it is? So so an avatar is just a way to, to show that you're not a, a bot. bot. Bots don't do avatars? I don't know. If, if, if they do, then I have to kick everybody. So bots actually enter your Discord? How do yeah. they get in there? I don't know. It's just like fucking bots that text you and email you and try and scam you and get Same to click way. here. Like they find yeah. the fucking just, link Discord's or popular or enough now that... And I just, I mean, I've been kicking people out for not having avatars since Google Hangouts. Okay, it's a fucking fair. rule. Okay, okay, that's, that's fine. It. That's our only rule in Great America, pretty much. There's more rules than that, and I make them up as I go, so get used to it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, chats so, are great. GreatAmerica.ca slash chats. Website, great. Again, uh, we are still doing some work on the store, so... Um, grammarica.ca slash redbubble is still, we still got our whole redbubble thing there. We're working on incorporating it into the website, but that's going to be a bit more yet. What about Patreon? That was, that link wasn't working before. Is that fixed now? Uh, like people are asking the best way to donate. Like you can do either PayPal or Patreon, right? Yeah. You know, oh. after talking to Dvorak, it seems like he was real adamant about PayPal being a safer bet than Patreon. He really doesn't like Patreon. <clears throat> I wonder why. Well, I feel like it's, I feel like the opposite in a way. The way Alex just got shut down by with PayPal. I mean, if that if you put it all over there, then but I mean, people are asking how to do it. So right now, it's still those patreon.com slash America. Right? Okay, but and then we'll fix that link in the website so that at the bottom in the support page you can find either PayPal yes. or Patreon. Right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. And then um, the other question about that would be the black budget feed and the support to get that. So the same the same processes we're still manually if people that haven't donated before donating anything at all or subscribing to a monthly thing. They get now it's all black automated. Feed. Is, is it automated or anything? Yeah. Okay. So they should just get an RSS. Yeah. I mean, we're still working through it, right? We're still working through and we're still testing bugs and it's going to be a uh, work with us, but just email us. If you're having any problems, just email Graham or myself or the, but hit the button on the website. And then all of that goes to Jordan and Ryan and they, but threw them one at a time. Okay. Knock them out. But it should be streamlined. Uh, and That's right. And if you're wondering why, we haven't done any content for the black budget for a while too. So if you're wondering why it hasn't updated for a while, it's because we haven't uploaded That could be part of it too. Yeah. So that and that's could be really part just because I was of, away and we're doing the, all this update on the website and all this other stuff. So we'll get back to that. Yeah. We'll get back to some uh, black budget episodes. Now that we're starting to settle down again, grounds back in town. We might have found We're ourselves a new studio. We talk, we've been looking for that. Um, oh, yeah, that's right. Fucking. But well, we won't mention too much of that now because we're not sure, but it looks like there's something promising that's kind of a pretty cool spot, scalable. Yeah, 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 it looks good. Looks like we might be able to go someplace in the spring, maybe a little sooner. That'll be nice. Hopefully that's not too long for bro. Yeah, bro. Yeah. Oh, well, early, early spring, like maybe like February. But we'll see. Could be less than that. I think it's like six, eight weeks minimum, though. Um, so, yeah, that'll be nice to get into there if that all rolls out the way it looks like it's going to. Um, that'll be a huge help. Fuck yeah. The other thing I want to mention uh, before I forget is I have a uh, request for our listeners, probably, probably if they're out back east, but a friend of the show's dad has, uh, has a bit of a health challenge right now, uh, fluid around the lungs. Yeah, and they're trying to talk him into some extremely painful surgery, but they're looking at different options like acupuncture, for example. 
And he's back east, like they're saying, anywhere eastern or southern New York. Say back east. New Jersey. Because I'm from back east. I was born there, and we used to say back east. That's what it is, back east, right? Out it's west. Just to you. Out it's west. Just, it's just, it's that's out just west. to you. It's out west. That's just and back to you. East. No, it's not. It's uh, most of the people. West came from the east. Okay. Where did they <laughs> land? Where did they start? They landed on the east. I was fucking here. Right? Who's they? They took over your people from the east, <laughs> and then they moved west. That's so right. it's back east, okay. and it's out west. Okay. This is how we came here. Okay. <laughs> you are fucking Thanks for helping else. me figure that out. <laughs> did you, you had to work now through that? Now that I that, say it, uh, it makes sense. Back That's east. why they call it. Because we started from the east. Oh, my God. But so, if you go any farther east, then you're in the Far East. There you go. If you go any farther west, you're in the Far East. It's also, it's, well, it depends on if it's a globe or not. There you have it. It's not a globe. It's a smushed sphere. It's eastern or southern New York, New Jersey, uh, probably Connecticut as well. If there's any, if anybody knows of any acupuncturists out there um, that they have good experiences with, I'm going to do a little bit of research myself. I know of one here. Maybe they know of one there. Um, but yeah, they want to try that out. It's a better place to start. So anyway, send me an email, graham at grahamerica.com, please, if you, uh, if you know of anything and I'll get back to, uh, our buddy right away. Yeah. And, uh, take some fucking time out of your day to send, uh, send some, some good, good vibes. vibes back East. Get better soon, buddy. Acupunctured up. I got acupuncture when I broke my arm. It's weird. Yep. It's fucking weird. Did you have a detox from it? Uh, I was pretty toxed up at the time. Yeah. I wasn't a lot of detox. Yeah. I like the Percocets. That was my first encounter with Percocets. (laughs) Don't go there. Jeez. (laughs) What do you want me to tell you? They're like, uh, I didn't even know what it was. He's like, I'm going to give you a six pack or he's like, you'll need a six pack. And I was like, beer. Yeah. All right. I can get down with that. Then he gave me six little six pack of Percocets. I took two of them and I was like, and life's never been the same. And I never looked back. (laughs) How long ago was that? Oh, fuck. 10 years ago, 12 years ago. Yeah. I don't think I've ever had a painkiller stronger than T3. Percocets were fucking something else. Yeah. Yeah. I missed out on that whole. I had 40 of them. I remember I had 40 of them. (laughs) 40 of them. What? At once? No, fuck. Oh. I just bought 40. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. They're fucking. Alrighty. So, what do you want to do? I got a couple synchronicities. Uh, I got, I have an actual. We haven't done a fucking synchronicity in forever. I've been forwarding you the synchronicities from the website. Yeah, that's probably the ones I have. Excellent. I'm a rambling grand with synchronicities all over the web. And Aaron is skeptical about everyone and don't believe it yet.
Hey, fellas. Awesome show. And I want to share a synchro with you. Recently listened to the episode where your guest was sharing the Tom Brown stories, namely the one about the bottom of the water bottle being cut out and the guy pisses all over the floor of his tent. Crazy synchros during the whole show. The next morning, I was thinking I should go back into more of his writing and talks. As I'm making tea in the morning, while I'm thinking about that, all of a sudden, the bottom of my mug begins to fall out and leak all over. I thought it was crazy, at least. Anyways, thanks for the show, Dave. Dave's not here, man. Isn't that crazy, Abel? These little things like that? These little synchros? That's our Skype message. You know? What was that? Dave's not here, man. I know. Can't you, do you want to rate that, that little guy? Seven. What did he give himself? Uh, oh, people are allowed to rate their own. Yeah, come in with your own rating if you want. And you can send them directly to me. And, you know, instead of going Spam to the website. Instead button. of take the middleman, take Darren out until he doesn't pre-read these. I don't pre-read that shit. I know you don't even read any of my emails. No. I'm gonna, well, we're gonna, we'll have it set up eventually that those just go to you. Okay, I got another mini one. I'm I should edit through. them and send them I'm to you. I, I could see a master troll here where I actually start gonna, editing these things before I forward them to you. I'm going to do a triplet. A triplet. the fortune here. cookies? Yeah, that was, that was good. That was master troll for sure. 139, baby. Episode yeah. 139 is yeah. the start of it, I think. That's, if, if anybody wants to go back and pick an episode, Darren trolled me big time with a fortune cookie synchro. It was all set up and everything. Oh, my God. Oh, we shouldn't even say it. Don't want to spoil it. You fucking spoil spoiled it. it, you fuck. I think they'd still get a kick out of it. So, anyways, here's another one. My most recent and mind-confusing synchro to date occurs, occur, occurred whilst walking to the shops listening to a podcast. So This is the type of one that used to happen to me all the time. As I turned a corner, I became a aware of a guy crouched down doing something to a shop sign. The only thing I noticed initially was the black underwear and the t-shirt he was wearing above his jeans. At this point, my ear, oh, in my ear, TCGTE podcast was discussing a blue plaid shirt. TCE what? I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what the acronym's for, so we'll just leave it at that. <clears throat> so they were discussing a blue plaid shirt. I have then realized that the guy was wearing a blue patch plaid shirt. At this point, I cannot say for sure if he was wearing the shirt before I heard this in my ear. These things often happen so fast, they become like deja vu in the seconds after. This one really got me thinking, so I wrote it down as soon as I got back to my desk. My colleagues don't even didn't think the matrix changed for me, but I'm not sure. Love the show. Thanks. That's from uh, Vikinghorn. Vikinghorn. Yeah. Viking you want to rate that? <sighs> no. No way. Why not? 6.42. Okay. Okay, I got another one. This is the Holy third. Holy shit. This is the third. Lining them up. Hey, guys, love your show. It gets me through the night shift. I was listening to a past cast about ditching your Bono, facing fears, losing in- insecurities, etc. That was a great one, too. I can't fucking speech in the... Speaking of ditching your Bono, I cannot delete the fucking YouTube album from my phone. I don't even know what you're talking about. The what? YouTube. Oh, YouTube. I thought you said YouTube. No, YouTube. If you go on your phone, oh, you yeah, have no, a YouTube you can't album. Do it. No, you can't do it. Yeah. It's undeletable. And you know what happens on there? All the ones you want get deleted automatically. I've downloaded ones in my in my iTunes, and it, they just... They, the other day, you know what? On my way here, 
I was trying to listen to, I listened to some shows on the way to the podcast, uh, some music on the way to the podcast. And um, Kate Bush pops up. Want to hear the cloud busting song, right? Darren's not paying attention. I can't. No, but anything you buy on iTunes, you're not buying. And it's and it's just disappeared. Yeah. Well, no, but some of these are de- ones I downloaded my computer a long time ago and put them into my iTunes. And some of them, I believe, are ones that I purchased that just don't, aren't aren't available. It just oh, skips yeah. by them. Yeah, so how does it get who? How does it get taken out of my? F- iTunes, you're not actually buying it. You're buying the rights to. Buying the rights to it. <clears throat> hey, yeah. wait! Look at that! It let me delete it. Yeah, it's this fucked up. No, thing. and I start this whole conspiracy thing. And iOS twelve lets me delete. iOS twelve lets you delete the U two album. So I wonder if they do. I get all mine back that now are no longer in there. That it shows me the song, teases me, and then skips by. Does anybody else have these issues with iTunes? Well, it's just it thinks it's smart enough to know what songs you're listening to no, most of the time, not. and it just That's gives it to you on the cloud because you can still listen to it on the I cloud. Uh, no. It's gone from my phone. But you can still like, listen to it. There's a whole bunch of these, med- a whole bunch of meditation ones I had, a whole bunch Give of stuff. Give me your phone. Not, no, no, we're not doing it now. <laughs> it's, it's, that's the problem. Okay, let me get back to this. So they're How come? listening to the podcast about ditching fear and Bono and all that. Not Bono. Hey, is that a synchro? Bono on YouTube? YouTube? I said it because you said Bono. Oh, ditching did you? Oh, Bono. Okay. Even listen to the show? Are you even paying attention right now? So I got loose, cleaning up the kitchen and went for it. Opened up the French doors, stepped outside, looked up and said, What do you got for me, universe? Right above me circled a white hawk. I was like, holy shit, it's that easy. I'm familiar with the wildlife in this area and I've not seen one like this. I thought to myself that I should snap a pic so I could show you. No pic, no proof like another Bigfoot sighting with no evidence. Then I thought it would taint the experience I was having and not to take the photo. Maybe that's why more photos aren't taken because they are fully involved with the experience. But I just had to prove it. So I took a picture as it flew over my house. When I looked at the picture, it wasn't there. It wasn't meant for anyone else but me, I thought. The journey we're on is also solo, and even though we do experience it together... I don't need a rating because it was out of this world for me. I love your show, and if you're ever around Yosemite, hit me up. Mid-October is harvest time, so I know D-Ron will be down. Medi Hayes, Bin Laden's bubblegum, you know. You're a faithful Grimera Forian. Where is he? Mid-Pines. Where's that? I think it's in, oh, now you're going to, I'm thinking Colorado. Well, Yosemite. Where's that? Colorado, right? Feel like it's is po- not in fucking Mid Pines Mania. Anyways, we're gonna now. I'm gonna get embarrassed on the show. Thanks for the email. Appreciate it. No rating as requested. No rating. No rating. No rating. No rating. No rating. It's in California. All oh, right, Northern California. Ah, uh, let's see. I don't know. Anyways, it's. I don't uh, know. The Zoom doesn't good... work like I think it should anymore. Congratulations. It, oh, it's, on... it is isn't like it's close to Nevada, sort of. Congratulations on getting rid of your bono. It looks like it'd only be like a six hour jaunt from Bryce Canyon, actually. Ooh. Potential dun, dun, dun. CAC contact at the cabin. Shh. Don't even talk about that. <laughs> Sick of it. Um, what would. What, what, 
Where, where am I supposed to rate that? No, you're not supposed to rate it. It's okay. okay. It's all done. It's over. Um, Time for the UFO quote, and we'll get out of here. UFO quote it up. I got a special one for Grant. Down and Graham going deep. How can it's we? It's a profound UFO quote of the week. Words to ponder and critique. It's a profound UFO quote of the week. Yosemite looks fucking badass. I still do not know why the high order of classification has been given and why the denial of existence of these objects has been perpetuated. And that was Dr. Robert Sarbacher, November 29th, 1983. Where'd all the dirt go? I'll, uh, I'll dig up another one here. <clears throat> Are you almost out now? I know a bunch of people are all pissed off because I want to fucking get rid of it. Oh, hey, I, somebody showed me a poll going on about this. See, this is a problem. Is there a poll? Yeah. There was a poll. And I, to, I predicted it would be 80% keep the quote going. Yeah, What's, but there was a lot of comments that said ditch the UFO aspect of it. No, they didn't say that. They didn't say expand upon it. <laughs> Are you going to tell me, or should I read another quote? It must be accepted that some type of flying objects have been observed. Although their identification and origin are not discernible, that's a U.S. Air Intelligent Report number 100-203-79 analysis of flying objects in the U.S. December 10th, 1948. Hmm. 48. It is long, and he said that fast, too. Like A weird... I don't know said it before. Yeah, and they caught it halfway through. <clears throat> Not trying to sneak anything by. I'm just waiting for your analysis of the poll. I want to know how how much uh, people want to hear this UFO. Oh, poll you want to go through that shit? All right. Well, I thought you were digging it up. Bingo, bingo, social media jingle. Don't forget to rate, comment, and or subscribe. So then I gotta find the posts. Where are we here? Comment and. Well, shouldn't a poll be. Shouldn't a poll be saved somewhere and handed you know what? grab? The fucking Facebook Pages app is the worst fucking app on the planet. It's brutal. $40 billion, Zuckerberg, you fuck. Come on, man. 88% yay. 12% nay. Wow, that's awesome. 78 I, votes. Wow, I predicted 80. Pretty and we good. got, you mean the CIA UFO quote of the week? <laughs> From friend of the show, Alan, quotes are okay and part of the program. The jingle, however, is sacred and can never be lost. Of the week. I had a good laugh last episode when you started to get under Graham's skin about the UFO quote. But we all like the UFO quote. Be nice to Graham. He's sensitive. <laughs> that's, that's the one that got read to me when somebody found the poll. <laughs> it's our way of knowing you haven't been tapped on the shoulder. 
unlike the geoengineering gram. Yeah, keep it. Good ones will come up eventually. <laughs> 250 quotes later. Accidentally voted nay, though. I thought you were asking if I had a profound UFO quote. I did see one once. From friend of the show, Clint, who is synchronistically on the show tonight. I think the segment should be kept, but also expanded upon, such as simply profound quote of the week, so other topics can also be explored and perhaps spark more conversation. So, so I did not vote. And then we have, if only Darren would shut up. <laughs> Thank you, Brett Red Watts. I like the Graham quote of the week. I knew you'd pull this. Of course we love it. Well, the poll settles it. If the proud UFO... Quote of the week, if the profound UFO quote of the week stays on as part of the program. Next poll, please. I'm just going to keep re-polling until I win. Good luck with that. I'm going to come you up with my the, own You haven't won segment. the Sasquatch or the UFO no, poll. that's all right. That's all right. I'm younger. Better looking. Why don't you do a poll on the midterms? No, no, that's not. Doing not getting involved no, in the not, politics. Yeah, that's not doing. let's right. actually get completely away from all the mainstream media. Fuck it, that's right. I'll do a poll. I'm going to bring in my own quote segment, and I'm just going to make it better. <laughs> Darren's better segment quote week thing. That's good. What are you going to do? Well, we have. You know what we have? We do have a book from our guest that I'm going to once once I'm done the UFO quotes, which I'm getting there soon enough. I have a bunch of deep state quotes to do. Uh, Deep state quotes. Yeah. Those sound super dry. I actually have a quote. Here's my quote of the week. Where is it now? My quote of the week is... Where'd it go? The best angle from which to approach any problem is the try angle. I'm a dad. Support the show, motherfuckers. We need some support. Grammarica.ca slash support. That is the only way we keep things going here. Help pay the bills. And uh, yeah, we definitely need some more supporters. It definitely helps. We do still have our drive going. We're about a third of the way to our 1,111 uh, names for the wall of not this studio, but the studio that we're hoping to move into in a few months here. We'll have a big wall too, lots of room. So get in there today, grammarica.ca slash support. Um, check out the newsletter, grammarica.ca slash news. Why would you close your computer with all the housekeeping stuff on it right when we get to the housekeeping we, we, part? We already done it all. Did we? We're done? Yeah, we already done it. This is it. Let's just enjoy the chat. Yeah, grammarica.ca yeah. slash support. <laughs> enjoy the chat with Alex and uh, Grant. Grant. <laughs> Fast one.
tonight we've got a special episode. We've got Grant Cameron back on the show. He's a UFO researcher. I could probably say consciousness researcher too. That's um, going to be a great chat. We'll see what's new with him. And we've also got a special co-host with us. You guys all know him as well. Alex Sakaris from the Skeptical Podcast. Uh, welcome to the show, guys. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me on. Great to be here. I didn't want to get into too deep of bios with you guys. We can uh, get into all that in the show. We'll just jump jump right into it. And most of the people have heard you and love you already. So, Alex, I was hoping, you know, with you joining us here tonight, thanks for uh, thanks for coming on and helping us out on this one. Um, you want to kick this thing off with some of the stuff you want to talk about? Um, sure. I mean, d- I was I was kind of hoping that you would uh, carry that first. I mean, is Grant is job, coming back yeah. on. He gave a great interview on your show a while back, which I thought was awesome. And then Grant and I have been talking. You know, a lot of people know about Grant's excellent UFO research. The point I always make when I talk about Grant is he is really one of these key figures who, within his field that is UFO research kind of totally changed the game. So a few years ago, even more so everyone was focused on, you know, the technology and and landing spots. What's that? The nuts and bolts kind of thing. The nuts and bolts and, you know, landing spots and schleg being thrown off of it. And and here's a guy who's, who kind of changed everything, changed the paradigm and said, Hey guys, we have to start looking towards consciousness. And then that has spawned a whole bunch of people saying, yeah, consciousness. And of course, Jacques Vallée has been saying that for a long time, but Grant started saying it in a different way. Mm-hmm. And that led to another guy. We'll talk about Ray Hernandez, Ray Hernandez in the free group who said, damn right. We got to start talking about consciousness. And the best way to do that is, is to, I mean, how earth shattering is this, is to start talking to experiencers and start doing it in the scientific academic way. Let's shift our focus on people who've had encounters with whatever we think this is. And and again, uh, my hats are off to these guys because they've done it in the most scientific way we can, the most academic way we can in trying to put together a good survey which I always comment, you know, surveys are really the bedrock of medical science. You know, you, you want to see if a pain medication works. Well, how do you do that? Well, uh, people don't want to acknowledge it, but what you do is you do a survey. <laughs> you give people the, the, the drug and you ask them how they felt before and how they felt after and if there was any side effects. And you ask them all these series of questions and there's a very methodical scientific way you do it and you get an answer. So anyone who immediately jumps back and goes surveys, we can't trust surveys. They're anecdotal. That's just not the way that science works. Again, surveys are the bedrock of medical science. So these guys, uh, you know, Grant has leveraged off of that data where they've gone out and talked to thousands, literally of people who've had this experience and they're now starting to get back some of the data from that. And it's very consistent with what I think the message that Grant has been saying all along. So maybe maybe with that, you know, we can Grant can summarize to people. I don't want to go too far back to kind of stage one, but 
summarize what that shift is all about and what it's been. Do you know what I'm saying, Grant? Yeah, yeah. I think that's a good idea, yeah. Yeah, I actually had, um, as I point out, it wasn't that I chose to do this. I had a basic experience in 2012, which I've talked about this sort of aha moment, this download thing where it basically came to me that this is all consciousness. So it wasn't something that I sort of, I agreed to do. And um, what I've talked about, and I don't know if Alex has heard this, I've, I had a second download, which I really haven't talked too much about. This occurred about a year ago today, and <laughs> it involved 24 items, which sort of went the second step. And um, one of the, one of the, um, the things that, that sort of um, came to me was the fact that Basically, the nuts and bolts, as, as you heard Ray talk about when he was in, in California, that this is absolutely a total waste of time. It's like the, the sort of the story, um, what's the definition of insanity? It's doing the same thing over and over, hoping that the next time the, the results are going to change, this sort of thing. And we've done the, the, the sort of the uh, watch the lights fly around in the sky, uh, share UFO videos, uh, hoaxed and non-hoaxed and um then go to the metals this is the big thing in ufology now is we got these these um metals that are being shot off the craft and dropped in on people's driveways and stuff like that and we sort of think that that's where the answer lies and my first download and my second download reinforced the fact that as ray says this is an absolute bloody waste of time i mean it's it's like just crazy stuff. I mean, uh, how many times do you have to watch videos fly, you know, videos or UFOs and even with the medals and um, the, the lecture I did in California, I have two new lectures. So the one I did in California, I got into this whole thing about the medals that really sort of made me really think again. It was sort of like um, I had been involved with medals with uh, the Canadian government had recovered some medals. Uh, the famous Mikola case in Manitoba, a lot of people don't realize that one had metal that was found at the site. Rendles from Forest had metal found at the site. And it was sort of like, what's with all this weird metal? And why is it all different? And that was the thing where um, it reinforced this theory that maybe we've completely missed the boat, that maybe the metal has nothing to do with anything. Like, why is every single piece completely different than every other piece? And I was starting to think, like, maybe this is just some sort of like a, a little game. And um, so yeah, but, I... But Grant, don't you have to be kind of careful with that as well? Because there's, if we're going to play the consensus reality game, which is the way that I always put it, you know, yeah. hey, if everything is consciousness, then everything is consciousness. And we, we, we don't know how many angels fit on the head of a microphone that you're talking into right now. So we can never know that, but we're going to play the consensus reality game. And that's why I think I'm always a little bit skeptical of the download thing too. I trust you because of the fantastic, careful, meticulous research you've done in the past. So I'm willing to entertain your downloads to a mm -hmm. point but the problem i have with it i have to juxtapose your downloads with all the other downloads slash channeled material that i have out there and then sort out which one's best so I, okay. i'm not saying i'm like pushing back too much okay. on that but well how i would respond to that is it's all downloads i mean the idea that anybody who tries to tell me that you and i and i could talk very very fast Anybody that tells me that there are neurons running around in your head 
or microtubulars or wherever they want to say that are running around and are sticking words into sentences and having little meetings about which word they're going to put in the sentence next. This is absolute insanity. It's basically goes back to the whole idea that there is just consciousness. That is all there is. And um, the, the idea that the brain is creating any of this kind of stuff, it is sort of like a, a sender or receiver. And the same thing with, with the, the sort of the material, like the anecdotal stuff. So people will say, uh, you know, this is just uh, your opinion or this is just uh, anecdotal evidence. Well, it's all belief system. When you come right down to it, it's all going through your mind. It's going through your brain and you're coming up with um, an idea. And I say that the people who have the experience is the the the, the important stuff because uh, it's been turned around. And one of the ideas that came into my head in this second download of 24 things is you got to dis distinguish between is it um, knowing versus believing? And what science will say is we know, and you people who are experiencers are, are just believing. It's just anecdotal, which is exactly the opposite yeah, to me. Yeah. The people who have the experience are the people who know. If you can know anything, which maybe not, maybe you can't know anything, the, the closest thing you can get to knowing is experiencing. The people who think they know that and, and are, are challenging us are people who really haven't read the data. They haven't even looked at the data. They'll just start the argument with saying there's not one shred of evidence to support this kind of stuff. They are the believers. The people that, that may have knowledge, if there is such a thing, are the people that have the experiences. And that's why I said the experiencers are the only the only way you can go because it's a total waste of time to me measure and and analyze and that kind of stuff because that's going back to materialism and and so one of the downloads I got part of the download I got is is it a noun or a verb so if someone starts to use a noun and says there's this there's that it's wrong it's all a verb it's a, the um, the universe is is consciousness consciousness is primary consciousness is non-local. Um, and once you start to put nouns on it and say, okay, there's so many different uh, levels of, of, of dimensions and, and it's this high and this wide and stuff, we're dragging it back into materialism wow. to try to get people to understand it in, in sort of a, a, a way that we can understand. But it's but, basically... But don't, we have, don't we run into the same problem? I mean, look, uh, the, the work that you're referencing that Ray and the Free Foundation has done where they've gone out and talked to the experiencers is amazingly important from a big picture standpoint, because they're saying from a big picture standpoint, two things. One, we've changed our, our focus and we're now talking to experiencers and we've done it in a scientific way. Number one, number two, they're saying this phenomenon has been incorrectly pigeonholed as an abduction phenomenon when the data clearly shows that the majority of these experiences would not be categorized in that way. So this is like a super important, I think just big picture kind of message. But here's the problem I get into. And it's the same problem I get into with the near-death experience research. I think it, which there are a lot of parallels here. So the near-death experience research to me is super important because it totally moves us off of the what we're talking about, this materialism, your you are a biological robot kind of thing. That's all blown away because consciousness is now clearly surviving death. But the flip side of that, and you and I had a kind of partial conversation about this, and I, I told you the story I had early on when I was very excited about the near-death experience research, and this woman came to me and I actually interviewed her on the show, and she said, yeah, but I'm really pissed off because I had this incredibly distressing 
near-death experience, where I saw this darkness and this void, and, hey, I don't deserve this. I'm a good person. I've been a good Christian. I've done all the rest of this. And my response to her was kind of the big-picture response, say, well, hon, sorry, but, you know, 90% of them are good. So let's just move on and talk about the big-picture message, which is consciousness survives death, da-da-da-da, it's good, heaven is real, let's all love and light. And I've come to appreciate that I wasn't really tuned into really looking at the whole picture. And I don't want to repeat the same mistake here when we move into experiencers. So I get your big big picture message, but when we really start breaking down those accounts, they are to a certain extent irreconcilable. I mean, some of the accounts just completely contradict other accounts. And we can come up with explanations for that, but we can't just pretend like we've kind of solved the problem because we've gone and talked to the experiencers. Do you know what I mean? Well, I want to say yeah. something here quickly too, though, Grant, before I, it's good that he clarified the download thing, because I think the last time we chatted and probably when it first happened to you in 2012, you, you didn't consider it a download. It was an aha moment or a little mini synchronicity. You know, you heard um, Colin Andrews speak and then you went back in your head to the evidence, not back in your head, Sorry, but you went to, you know, the evidence that you've seen on paper that that show this as being uh, consciousness related, you know, government memos and stuff like that. And uh, but now that you've gone on and we've talked to you a couple of years later, you're that that download definition is now expanded to maybe that that is what happened in your first time. You know, is that it's good to clarify. I think that it's not just a channeled, you know, a bunch of automatic writing that's channeled or it's a bunch of scientific information that's channeled or a book or something. Now you're talking about it being like, it's all the download, which I think is good to to clarify as we go on here too. Yeah. Well, this gets pretty complex, but I would, I would say it's all access. It's all consciousness, whether it's near death experience, abduction, it's, it's all consciousness. And so you, you have a situation, you're talking about bad near death experiences. So I'm saying you're accessing your, your consciousness is accessing this material. So 40% of all experiences, according to the free survey, say at one point during their experience, they knew the answer to everything in the universe. As soon as you hear that, you go, oh, I've heard that before. That happens in near-death experiences. That happens in channeling. That happens in uh, meditation. It's connecting to higher self. It's all the same thing. And even Ray's download experience, where where he gets pulled out of his body and he's shown this wheel and the wheel, He's in the middle and they're showing him this wheel and you have near-death experiences, you have uh, uh, encounters with aliens and you have quantum physics and you have all this stuff and it's all spokes on the wheel and in the middle of con- is consciousness. That's basically what I'm saying. It's, it's basically all consciousness. Now to get to the near-death experience, the bad near th- the near-death experience, people report bad near-death experiences. So they have that, that, that experience that they interpret. I would go back to John Wheeler, if you go to quantum physics, John Wheeler, who had come up with the idea of black holes and, and, quant- and uh, wormholes, said it's a participatory universe. People always want to do the separation. There's me, there's this, there's this outside event that's happening to me. So I have this experience and this bad thing comes from outside and it comes and it, it attacks me or it does whatever this separation. It's all, so I would say that's manifesting. Let me give you an example. The big story in ufology now is this whole uh, to the stars and the whole thing about the Skinwalker Ranch. I actually wrote a couple of emails in the last couple of days 
after George Knapp did a major interview about the 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 the, the thing, and they talk about the Skinwalker Ranch. They got these wolves, and uh, the, you know they're shooting these wolves with M three fifty seven Magnums, and you got these special forces guys on there, and they're stopped dead in their tracks. And this this sort of evil force says, "You are not welcome here. Get off the ranch," and this sort of thing. And they turn it into this sort of a horror story, like a bad near death experience. So I basically wrote the, this question, and I said. Were these people armed? Because you had special forces people. The guy was a was a marksman. The guy that started that had the ranch to start with. The guy that shot the wolf and this sort of stuff. You have all these people armed because what the thing is. So you get these bad experiences. You have these portals and you have these big uh, sort of uh, sort of weird things coming out of the portals and stuff like that. But I did research into Mission Rama and I did a lot of research. These guys go back to 1974. They're doing exactly the same thing. But instead of running around with rifles and guns and measuring and scientists and and all this kind of stuff, what you have is these people, they're oming, they're meditating. There's no wolves. There's no evil stuff. Uh, they got good angelic beings coming out of the portals. And this has been going on since 1974. So what I would say, it's all consciousness. You cannot separate the consciousness from the event that's happening to you. If you look at the psilocybin research that was done at John Hopkins University, they determined it was what 33% of all people at some point will have 30 seconds, a minute, two, three, four minutes of a bad experience. When they go into the high dose psilocybin experiment, they have two people in the room, these people, they're trained, and when they start to go down the, the, the dark hole towards the devil or the demon or whatever is, is they're encountering, they take them by the hand and they say, Go towards it. Do not back away. Go towards it. And as what happens again in in lucid dream research that was done at at, at, um, at by um, Stephen LeBurge, he talked about this same factor is you have this bad experience. And he says, when you get in there and you run up against the demon and you run up against whatever you run in in your lucid dream, you walk towards it, give it a big hug with unconditional love, and that evil being will turn into a positive being and give you a message. You cannot separate the consciousness from the event. I'm saying that it's all But you all just did. Your description no. is a separation. I mean, you're, you're, you're now adding a layer on top of this consciousness that has all these properties, that it's good in this way, and it's love, and it's light, and it's all that stuff. And I'm not specifically arguing against that, but I'm just saying that that's just another layer on top. That's just another framework. You know, a year or two ago, I interviewed this guy and it was one of the most frustrating interviews I did. And it was really turned into kind of contentious surprise, surprise. But this guy, his name is Ian McCormick. He had this incredible near-death experience after being stung by this super deadly box jellyfish like seven times. And he was dead. He was actually in the morgue and he has this near-death experience and he's a total atheist, and he sees Jesus. He sees Jesus. Which Jesus, version of Jesus? Is this the, the, the Middle Eastern Jesus, or is it the American Jesus with the blue eyes? Which version point. of Jesus did he see? I, 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 he's the, manifesting the, it. Well, but the, how, the distinction you're making between him— Now, now look, I'll just finish the story. I'll be really quick. So he goes and he has this incredible experience. Jesus says, come, put your hand. Let me take your hand. I'll put it in the wound over here. This is where they stab me, blah, blah, blah. And he goes to, all, now he is converted to Christianity. He goes to all these Christian churches around the world. And he says, Alex, 
You're missing the point, pal. This is a Christian experience. I go to these churches. They're all telling me the same thing. They're all telling me the same accounts in the same way, and you don't get it. And I say, well, I appreciate what you're saying here, Ian, but if you look at the broader data, like you're saying, the survey, if you look at Jeff Long, who's talked to thousands of near-death experiencers, that seems to be a cultural overlay on an underlying experience. And he says, well, no, it's not da da da. So I I just think we got to be careful because you're applying your own overlay there because we're all admitting that at the base ground, we don't know what's there. We don't know what's behind the curtain when you really get there and we can't say what it is. How do you know that you don't know everything? You, you, all you know (laughs) is what you experience, what you are yourself manifesting. I mean, you can't say, uh, I, I saw it, but there's something behind there. You can't use one unexplained to explain an unexplained. It, all we have is the data that people that go into these experiences, whether it's a near-death experience or whether it's an OBE experience or, or whatever, you see the same sort of things. You see the the connection to higher self. I was I learned everything in the universe. Uh, I ran into a bad being. I ran into a good being. It, it does, does, doesn't matter which type of event you have. They run in against the same sort of thing that people bring in their baggage. They, 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 like the Skinwalker Ranch. If you go in there with guns and figuring this is an evil thing, be do not be surprised if you manifest all sorts of evil stuff coming out of these portals. Whereas if you're oming and you're you've got this cultural overlay that it's Jesus and there's God. Well, God and, and good aliens, you're going to manifest that kind of stuff. Well, you, it could you be have subconscious a, baggage, too. I mean, the lady that came up to Alex well, that says she's a good person and she had this really negative NDE. I mean, is this a bunch of subconscious fear that she has? or, or ne- How do you separate out the subconscious baggage from the going in with a gun? Well, because you're, because you're going back to separation. You're, you're saying there's consciousness and there's subconsciousness and there's this consciousness. There is only consciousness. It is all the same thing. That's my bottom line. It's all the same thing. It's not like you... you and people, the one thing I disagree with Free is, Free says, well, we did. We don't use hypnosis. We don't use stuff with with people with hypnosis. We um we, we use conscious memory. I say that, and I argued with their neurologist, who was who now is no longer with them. I said this is the absolute worst material you can possibly use is the conscious mind. The farther you can get away from the conscious mind. However you do it, and that's what this whole thing with the OBEs, with the near-death experiences, is these people are disassociating. They're breaking off from their rational, analytical left brain. Eben Alexander talks about the fact that it's the, the uh, uh, frontal, the cortex, that you're putting the cortex to sleep, and, and you're going to the, the lower brain that is that is connected to the universe. It's the ego mind. Once you can shut down the ego mind, you can you can access these things, and you can do it through. I have twenty five different methods of doing. It. You can Grant, do it through. Do you faith. believe? Do you believe in God? I believe in some sort of force. Yeah. I, if you put a name, once you as it's the old deal. Once you start using nouns, okay. it's you wrong. Believe, it's so, all a so verb. you believe it's in God. You believe in God. Do you believe there's believe- there's good? A moral imperative that there's like that there's good. There's good and bad. There is a moral difference. You know, take the most extreme example: the guy who's uh, taking little kids and cutting them up and selling their body parts and sexually molesting them. That, in my mind, is is bad. It's evil. And then there, where there's a bunch of shades in between, and then there are some really holy good people that I don't know how they do it, but they keep all their shit together and they really do it. That, no. How's your universe? Is is there good and bad? Because some people in the consciousness camp say, well, there's really no good and bad. It all just kind of, you know, 
Well, if you go to the Newton stuff, no. If you get into reincarnation, it's all experience. If you, because the mistake you make is you, you, you did it in that sentence. You say, okay, there's these guys that cut up little people or whatever. Okay, and then there's these good people who basically have it all together. And I would go to don't have to quote the Bible, but with the whole thing with the prostitute, Jesus said, "Lead he who is perfect cast the first stone." All you have, you do not have good people and bad people. You do not have good aliens and good bad deeds, aliens. You have good souls. deeds. Are there good have, deeds and there, bad there, deeds? There Are is, there... according to Ray Hernandez, and according to uh, what he was told by this guy, and I won't get into this download thing. Is this? There's only two forces in the world, and some people call it uh, good and bad. Some people call it entropy, uh, this Ying kind of thing, that moved back, going back and forth. But in, in the end, it's all basically the same thing. It's like you get a reincarnation. So what happens to the guy who cuts up the little people? Then the next life, he's got to pay that karma. So somebody's going to cut him up. And, and according to well, that's, Newton, a, that's a total overlay. I mean, I'm not I'm not disagreeing so with any somebody of that has stuff. to volunteer to do this. If you get killed by somebody as a repayment and a reincarnation, someone has to do this. I say, no, there is the people there. All there are are souls that are reincarnating through and they're doing good and bad things. And if, if you if, if I suddenly believe that uh, this person is is really bad or this race is very bad or whatever. Be prepared because that's probably what you're going to come back as your next lifetime. You don't get to come back as, as the white guy who's got it all together every time. Somebody's got to play the 64 million refugees that are wandering the world. Somebody's got to play all, all these different roles. And that's to me is the whole thing. It's all Whoever experience. says white guy in, in any conversation loses. White guy is the new Hitler. Whoever says it first loses the argument, in my opinion. What I'm trying to bring us back to is, you know, that that we really can't start making value, not, not value judgments, we can't start making the kind of statements that you're making about karma and about souls and all the rest of this. All we can do, in my opinion, is move very slowly from these big picture stand, uh, uh, decisions or, or findings that we have. And I think it's phenomenal uh, what you're doing. I, re we, I really do feel like we're standing on shoulder to shoulder and then we're arguing about the little stuff. But to, to me, that, that gets us to some of the really, really big questions, which is like one of the questions I want to get to later, but I want to shut up for a minute because I want these other guys to talk is, could this experience that folks are having this extended consciousness realm, be it NDE or be it particularly ET contact, could it be a counterfeited spiritual experience? I mean, if there is some technology behind this that understands how to yeah. manipulate it, and it's not you're, just you're doing, Darren you're doing Brown doing hypnosis again. and mind control, and it's not just Manchurian candidate. I mean, if you get really good at this stuff, can't you manipulate someone into thinking that they're having a spiritual experience when they're having something different than a genuine spiritual experience? But in the reincarnation world, you pick to you pick to be here at this time in this place to experience that event. You're, it's the idea. It's like there's me, and then there's the other other things. And 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 at the end of my life, I'm going to say, well, you know, if if the MK Ultra hadn't existed, well, I would have done something. If my mother-in-law hadn't pissed me off, if the dog ate my homework, they're going to cut you off. And they're going to say, time out. This is about you. You cannot bring outside events. If a reincarnation world exists, then you chose to be in this world. And all you can really do is you are being dealt cards, good cards, bad cards. You can only play the cards you're being dealt. You cannot start blaming other people for your situation in life. Yeah, but I think Alex is also talking about not just uh, this earthly, materialistic things that are that are happening. He's thinking, is this even counterfeit 
from an ET perspective or from a simulation theory perspective, like why, if, if they're out there, the ETs are out there and they're obviously very technologically advanced and they're communicating. I mean, look, they have, we almost have uh, communication mind control. Like they, they're talking about this uh, wireless mind control stuff, or at least, you know, reading thoughts and all this. If we're that close, like what, who's to say this isn't all a manipulation from who's from, to say you even need all that shit. Q Darren, Darren Brown, you know, yeah, like, come on, yeah. honestly, hey, and, and whatever, so I was gonna say, whatever yeah, Grant's sorry, talking about seems to always align pretty well with the psychedelic line, you know, so, you know, I don't think you need all this technology. If it's consciousness, then maybe, you know, I can go to wherever I need to go in a fucking trash can if I can get my head straight. Yeah, but that's the bottom line to me. There is no separation and it's all consciousness. So, Once we start so separating the, and, and, and calling things nouns and me versus you and uh, there's consciousness and there's subconsciousness and there's levels and there's dimensions and, and it's all just naming theory. It's dragging us back into the materialistic world of trying to put nouns on things. It's a verb. The universe is a process. It's not a noun. It's not. It, there is only consciousness. If, if it's a physical world, this is one of the, the things I got. There's 24 things. If it's nuts and bolts and there's separation where we're just randomized objects bouncing around in the world in the world and these these objects sort of came together and they created um you know a brain and the brain created consciousness but if consciousness is primary and consciousness creates matter it's a completely different world then consciousness creates the brain consciousness is primary and uh, conscious and matter only appears when there's consciousness there's always consciousness behind everything consciousness is primary and there's no separation there's no me versus you it's all we are part of one thing and psychedelics and near-death experience people experience this, and uh, people who have samadhi experiences experience this. The fact they suddenly realize, oh my God, it's all one, it's all alive, and we're all connected. Graham, I want to tee you up to talk a little bit about Gramerica 280. And really Greg the imagination Doyle. of ourselves. Yeah, yeah, that's well, that really rang a bell when Grant was talking about. The you know he fought that negative entity in the, in that state in the astral realm until he until he uh, you know went to his heart with love and then it did it did what Grant was mentioning I mean it really did his his experiences in the astral realm were very very profound to me in the way he dealt with it I mean it really does fit I think within what Grant is saying How does it always come back to love though That's just like hippie bullshit Why? <laughs> How, it can't well, always be love. That. It can't people always are, be people, love. You know, I love it. People are Don't reporting get me wrong. Yeah. I love it. Fifty-four percent of all love. experiencers claim that they were talked to about oneness and love. Fifty-four percent of the people who answered the question said that. Well, that's what and I was going to say. So, so your your take on on it all being consciousness is sort of a, just a different way of saying it's all one which is the same thing people are reporting on high doses of psilocybin and LSD. It's all one. It's all connected. We're not individual. Um, that we're connected. Yeah, we that's, have an, a, that's an, an interesting crossover. Right. So, so then... Um, so then the download, the 24 items, doesn't really lend uh, any kind of room for a simulation or, or us being um, manipulated negatively or or positively from some from somebody else from from ets or hide like the but hold, hold on hold on Graham, because I, I i guess i was trying to coerce you into saying something there but yeah, what i heard yeah. in He's what i heard from greg yeah <laughs> what i heard from greg doyle 
episode 280, and I, I want to talk to Greg, is, boom, here's a guy who astral travels, right? So he leaves his body, and he has some pretty significant stories to tell in terms of verifying that experience. Other witnesses moves to other places, observe stuff, does all this stuff. So he gets in that astral realm and he says, yeah, ET is there. The black helicopters are there. ET's there. NDE spirits are there. I can move around. I can see people who are sleeping. I can see people who are astral traveling. Mm. I can start making these uh, uh, decisions and these uh, kind of discernment between, you know, where I want to go and what I want to do with these people, with these entities. This, to me, fails the idea of it's all consciousness. This guy is entering into a realm that he is able to manipulate, and he even says in the interview that there is a technological component to this realm. So that's the part that triggers me and says, are we missing something? Are we, when we just kind of blow past it and go, Oh, you know, it's just, uh, it's all consciousness. There seems to be a hell of a lot going on in this realm. Okay. Psychedelics get, are going on. An this example realm. more to not, not in another realm in this realm, in this conscious realm. I have this friend in, in LA who um, had his experience. His wife was not into it. Um, and then he said about two months ago, he said, um, his wife starts screaming. She comes out of, out of the bathroom and he goes running into the bathroom and there's a five foot owl sitting on top of the counter in the bathroom. <laughs> and, and, and I said, it was five feet tall. And he said, yeah, it was five feet. I've heard four foot owls, which is the, the screen image thing. And so are, is that really an owl? It was that, or my, I've got a friend who had the rabbit experience where, where she's driving down the road and the rabbit is there and she's trying to get this rabbit to get out of the road. And this goes on for an hour. This rabbit is sort of moving down the road and she's going, going down this road. I mean, is there an actual owl? And, or the other one is if you have a being and the being, and this is, is reported all the time, the number one being reported by free is not a physical being. It is not a gray. It is not a, a reptilian. It is an, an, an energy being. Yeah. It is a thing. So you have these beings often quite often reported the being turns to a ball of light and then disappears so is it a flesh and blood being or is it a ball of light and if it's a ball of light does it eat bacon eggs toast and coffee in the morning well i can't be both because energy because you're just because you're seeing it doesn't mean that it is what you think it is seeing it is if it's consciousness you can manifest whatever you want it's it's john wheeler nobel prize winner it's a participatory universe people keep saying there's outside things that are influencing us and and the whole thing comes down the the particle does not appear on the back wall in the in the dual slit experiment until there's an observer and that means that the quantum wave whatever knows when there's an observer it knows when there's not an observer when there's an entangled particle when you affect the one particle the other one changes its spin those particles are conscious they know when there's an observer they know when the spin is being changed consciousness is primary it goes right in quantum physics goes right down to the the absolute level and we have to see are you seeing it or is that what you think you're seeing but Grant, I want you to back up and tell them the very story that you just told. You use the word screen memory. Tell people what. Yeah. Well, use screen memory. Tell people what yeah. your understanding is of screen memory and how that plays into this story. So we. I so mean, we Mike have, Cleland. Mike Cleland's. You know, I just had him on. He's published yeah. two books on the whole owl thing, and he has pretty convincing evidence that this is, in many cases, a screen memory. So, what does he mean when he says that? Well, what you have is is some sort of intelligence that's coming out of a field, probably the same field where 
uh, near-death experiences occur, ghosts occur. Uh, one uh, alien channeler, Bashar, who's famous out of L.A., says, we come, to into, we come to you in your dreams because now you're in our world. So what, what is happening is that uh, the intelligence, whatever it is, it, in 1897, it was wooden ships with uh, propellers and guys hanging off ropes. And now it appears to be looking like uh, aliens, and they are supposedly able to screen image. So they can instantly change their, their um, uh, image of what they are to suit whatever the person is. So you'll, you'll get a situation where uh, a kid is on a table or somebody's on a table and they're, they're being operated and they, and they freak out and the being instantly turns into a, a, a flesh and blood doctor instantaneously. So they have this ability to appear as whatever they want. And to I manipulate consciousness in a way that we don't understand. Or, to to no, appear as whatever they want. The same as we have to do the same thing. Because it's just your brain. I mean, you know, who says they're actually changing? It's just your brain adjusting whatever it needs to adjust. But isn't that kind of scary that they can? Isn't that scary that they can do that? I mean, to what extent? What are the limits to the extent to which they can manipulate our conscious experience? We could do this. It's like my father. Let me give you an example. My father was very skeptical. He would always give me a hard time. It wasn't that he didn't believe, but he wanted to always say, "There's too many questions and there's no answers and this sort of stuff." Two days before he dies, his father comes to him and his father died in 1956. So he tells my mother, he doesn't tell me, he tells my mother. And my mother says to him, your father was here? Really? What did he have to say? And my father said, he was just here. That's all you need to know. So the question <laughs> is, if reincarnation is a fact, my grandfather lived 100 lives, 500 lives, whatever. So why does he come as my father's father. Why didn't he come as some ancient being that he had been? Because my father wouldn't have known who he is. He could screen image. We can all screen image. We can appear as whatever we want. And if you look at the Michael Newton stuff, you hear this all the time. You have these these things where when the person dies, they are greeted by uh, a, 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 um, a soul guide or, or whatever who will appear as a, a certain person. Now, they're not that person. They are appearing as that person to calm the person down. To uh, uh, Anybody can do this. Anybody can can appear this sort of thing. And it's like my, my grandfather. Why does he appear as that particular uh, being instead of other being? He appears for a certain reason. He could appear as whatever he wants. We can do it. It's not that the aliens are some superior thing. They just have abilities. They know how consciousness works, and they can use that to appears whatever they want. I had a girl, we published a book and she actually asked them, are you an alien? And, 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 and the, the, or the, there was no, there's two, there was a girl. I published the book. Then there was Sherry Wilde. There's a very famous story. She asked the, this gray being, she said, are you actually an alien? And he says, no, I'm not. And she said, well, why do you come as this ugly looking gray thing? And he said, ugly looking gray thing. Have you ever looked in the mirror? And she has sort of big teeth. And he says, when you look at it, when you smile at us, we think you're going to eat us. And it's this whole <laughs> thing that we, that, that even in the mind, it, what is actually going on? What are you actually seeing? Are you actually seeing, is there actually a screen inside your head with little stereo speakers? What is actually, what are you actually seeing? Where is consciousness actually taking place? And so when you start looking at it and trying to define, okay, this is actually real. This is not real. This is, it's all projection. And you can you can sort of uh, change it if you have the ability to know how consciousness works. That sounds that you know. That's sort of the same. You know what's interesting is that all that UFO stuff and and if you wanna if you wanna go down that vein a little more, it's funny how 
the UFO and the D, you know, something seems to be, there seems to be some sort of connection between the UFO experience and the DMT, whatever's going on with DMT specifically, yeah. because, you know, psilocybin is, is one thing you get, but there's so just, just a fucking array of different experiences where with, you know, these, these high doses of DMT, it's the same sort of thing over and over and over again. And with the UFO experience, it's the same sort of thing over and over and over again. Um, let me give you, let me give you the analogy that I now use as to how I sort of understand this. One of the, one of the things that came to me is this thing between darkness and light. Darkness is not a thing. Darkness is not a thing unto itself. Darkness is just the absence of light. There is just light. Like there's just love. The absence of love is fear. So there's just light. And we are basically like at the bottom of the ocean. We are in this total away from the, the, the light. We're in this total darkness. And then at certain times, something happens where people are able to dissociate. So they have a head injury, they end up being a savant, uh, they end up doing an out-of-body experience, they have a near-death experience, they have an alien abduction, they have a dream. They float up into this higher sort of realm where there's more light, you can see more, they pick up a song, they pick up a download, they pick up something, uh, they have an experience, whatever, they go back into into the darkness, and then they tell people and they go, nah, you and you weren't there. That to me is the whole thing that what all these experiences is just entering into a realm where the, the where we realize that 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 the whole universe is very pliable. We our universe is pliable. It's like solid. It's nuts and bolts. It's like everything's everything is the way it is. But the more you get into the dream world, the, the LS, the LSD, the psilocybin, the DMT, the dreams, the lucid dreaming, you realize that the world is very pliable, that you can like in a lucid dream, you can basically create characters, talk to the characters, and they will say it's more real than the real world. So, and so that's shouldn't the, you use vibration instead of realm then maybe? Because realm is a noun, isn't it? Yeah, well, so vibration is an interesting well, word too. So it's a field. It's all the same thing. But the the farther you get out of the the into the, the towards the light, the more you can see. So it's 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 all going to be the same thing. You're all pulling it out, and so it's like channelers. Like some people are are good channelers. Some people aren't very good channelers. It's just like some people are good hockey players. Some people are bad hockey players. Is some mediums are good. Some people are really good. It's how high you can get, how far, how much you can disassociate with your body, like mediums. Uh, the Brazilian study that showed that a vast majority of mediums, female mediums, had been abused as children. So they're able to dissociate. They're able to shut off the physical world, the 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 shut down the ego, the left brain thing. They're able to dissociate. And next thing you know, they're talking to their dead grandmother. And and that's the way I see it. It's just the ability to dissociate. And I've got 24 different methods you can use to dissociate. And when you dissociate, you get up into these realms or these this higher and there's no levels like people will say dimensions. I say there can't be any dimensions because then you're using a noun. It's like, oh, we have seven dimensions. No, we have eight dimensions. No, it's all the same thing. It's just like water. You, you're, you're going up through the water, getting into lighter things where you're able to pick up more information. And and so that's to me is 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 how I understand the the the. The, the principle, but it's all water. Everybody's in the same water. Everybody's in the same consciousness. And it's just your ability to get out of this ego mind, which is creating the filter, which is creating the block, which makes us think that there's separation. There's me versus there's me and there's you. There's separation. There's things happening to us. And there's good and bad. There's good and bad aliens and 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 this whole duality. And I say, once you get away from, from the oneness 
and you get into separation, that's when the evil stuff comes in. If I believe that you are separate from me, then I can steal your stuff. I can kill you. I can do whatever. But if I absolutely. But people firm- are stealing people's shit and people because- are doing. But I don't care what you what kind of value judgment you want to make about why they're doing it because they're not in the light or this and that. I mean, there's an as below, so above kind of thing going no. on here. I want no. to cue the the Whitley Strieber uh, clip. I don't know if we can play that whole thing on the interview that Greg Carlwood did, but this guy was fucking tortured. He was tortured as a kid in order to induce that opening that you're talking about. That sucks. That beyond sucks. That's not right. It's just the kind of ultra bullshit that people will do when they want to win the game. So, and I think what Whitley says at the end of that, if we play the clip is quite profound. He says, these guys don't know what the fuck they're doing because they're playing with matches and they're going to burn their soul. Now that's a very judgmental kind of thing, but I think that's a lot closer to the truth than we're all just moving towards the light. People who are doing wicked shit like that, that we, we have to understand that at a level beyond just, well, they, they haven't awoken yet. They, they, be, they believe in separation. All evil starts with separation. If you believe that it's a game, it's here to win, then the end justifies the means, and we can use kids to to get our military budget and, and develop this kind of stuff. It's the belief in separation. If you suddenly believe that that kid is part of you, that that is really part of you, how can you torture a kid? How can you steal something? It's, but it, it's happening, it's, Grant. I mean, what difference is that? I don't understand. It's happening because people have the belief in separation. You can say, well, you can say why it's happening. We can get into a whole political discussion about why it's happening and who's at fault. But that's not oh, the point is, is it happening or is it not? Does it not happening? Happened. It's absolutely And then we happened. can put a value judgment on it in terms like we're saying, we believe there's good and bad. We believe in uh, there, there's a moral imperative that there's God. And we could say, you know what? I, I, I like what Whitley says. I like what Whitley says at the end of that, which is, you know what? Judge not, <laughs> there, be not judged. I got see the speck in, in your, in your bro- brother's eye when you have a log in your own eye. It is the same thing. It's it's this judgment. It's the separation that now we can kill these people. We put them in gas chambers. They were really bad. We're the good guys. We're the light on the hill. God bless America, all this kind of stuff. And and w- people start to have this idea that there are bad people out there, that there are evil aliens. There are as above, so below. That's what you use. So there's evil aliens. And so there's got to be evil races here on Earth. And I say, well, which race is there that we need to put in the gas chamber? It's 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 just craziness. It's it's the once you get the separation and you start to believe that someone else is evil and I can and I can prove they're evil. I can show these evil things, whatever it is. Then I have the right because it's a separation world and and we we have to we have to win. Then I have to kill these people because I'm the good guy and nobody's the good guy. Everybody's just a soul and you may end up being that guy if you have that situation where you really don't understand this and you fight this kind of stuff. You may come back as that guy. How do you know you're not going to come back as whatever as a mexican or a pedophile or whatever it's it's all learning it's all the, the thing where nobody chooses when they're five years old to be a homeless guy nobody chooses to be a refugee nobody chooses to commit suicide when they're 30 years old nobody chooses to be a pedophile these things happen and you you've got to have the rules to try to verify that but everybody well, has fallen fall. short of the glory of god let's listen to that clip just because we talked about a lot here darren's got it ready to go here hopefully greg wants to us
year, I believe. I was recruited into a program that I'm pretty sure was carried out in some barracks on the southern border of Randolph Air Force Base in San Antonio, where I lived. And it was a very, very terrifying experience. It was meant to crack the cosmic egg. I remember being put in a box and it was dark and there were other children jammed into it with me and there was terrible, terrible shrieking, horrible noises blasting in this box and you could not get out. It was absolutely horrifying. It was like a simulation of the gas chambers from Auschwitz and it may have been that very thing. Because, and I never have been able to track this down, but I was once told by someone who has since died that sometimes in the gas chambers, when the doors were opened, you know, the bodies were counted very carefully and identified going in and coming out, that sometimes children who had gone in were no longer there. I think what then happened was the doctors, these unholy people, ended up at Randolph. They were brought over on Project Paperclip and were working under Dr. Hubertus Strughold, a Nazi doctor who ran the United States Air Force Medical Research Facility there, where they took advantage of what he had learned by torturing Jews to death about how the body reacts to oxygen deprivation at high altitudes and other things. Because I remember in that box, it was like you were smothering to death. It was horrifying. I know two other children who went into that program and both of them were simply destroyed as human beings. One of them died at the age of 53 and spent his entire life living at home in his childhood room and had an absolutely failed life. The other one has been in a nursing home most of her adult life and had another completely failed life. They were destroyed. I was not destroyed. What happened to me was in October of that year, my immune system collapsed and I was taken out of the program and taken over instead to Brook General Hospital in San Antonio and given gamma globulin shots. This is another thing about all this stuff. The people who are playing with this stuff, to me, they're children playing with matches. These people who are trying to do this for the government with all of their pretensions and so on and so forth and their secrecy and their classification and stuff that I can see right through. Um, they're playing a very dangerous game with their own souls. And I'm not going to go into a lot of detail about it, but suffice to say that one of the things that we are here for is to make decisions about what happens to our souls. And you don't make those decisions. You make those decisions viscerally. The reason that the consequences are all filtered out is so that we will make decisions that come from our own deepest essence. And People need to remember that when they are doing things that they know or not, they shouldn't be doing. And these individuals in these jobs, they all know they shouldn't be doing it. Hey, give me a second here to frame this up, because it sounds like Grant and I are disagreeing. 
And I first want to acknowledge that the the guy who put me on this trail is sitting right here, Grant Cameron. So Grant does this unbelievable thing with the Wilbert Smith memo in Canada, where he says, here is this Canadian Freedom of Information Act, most important memo, says this guy in the 50s, he goes and he discovers, he's finding all this stuff, and they say, go down to the USA, find out if this UFO stuff is real. He goes down and says, yeah, it's real. It's the number one priority, higher than the hydrogen bomb. And here's the Grant's important spin point is he says, and it's consciousness related, mental consciousness related, right? So the spawn of this, and I remember talking about this with Grant uh, a, a couple of years ago, this spawns MK Ultra, or at least it has an influence on MK Ultra, because now these guys are saying, hey, there's a mental phenomenon, let's start studying that freaking thing, and let's start studying in a good old CIA way. What you're hearing Whitley talk about is one of the hundreds of programs that fall under that umbrella of MK Ultra, and it's this horrific program where they're abducting these little kids virtually, putting them into this gifted program, subject them to all this horrible stuff so that they can understand the technology of extended consciousness. How does someone like you just said, those mediums who are traumatized when they're young and therefore are mediums. So the guy from the CIA or whoever says, ooh, that's kind of cool. How can we do that? How can we get into that other realm? So Greg Doyle on Gramerica says, well, here's how you do it. You astral travel, but that's not good enough for the CIA. They want to know how they can do it because ET's obviously doing it. ET doesn't fool around with prayers and rosaries. ET knows how to pop in, pop out, do his thing, not do his thing. We don't know what the hell is going on here, and we better start approaching it from a standpoint beyond it's all just going to work out because we're going to get reincarnated enough. I, I'm I'm not comfortable with that. I want to know what these guys are playing. I want to know what they know, and I want to know why the hell they're doing these horrible things to people right now because there's, there's just no excuse for it. Well, I can, that, I can that's tell you exactly why, doing why we're not ready for it, because we're still doing shit like that. I can tell you like exactly that. why they're doing it. Like, consciousness, like anything else, is neutral. So you can, it's like water. That you ain't can neutral. Eat, you, you, can, you, can, you can drink the water, get somebody to stop uh, dying from thirst, or you can drown someone in it. So you get consciousness. So the Canadians discovered, they're told by the Americans that probably because they had a live alien that was talking in people's heads, they knew that consciousness was involved. So you can do one of two things. You can either use it for good or you can do what the U.S. military and U.S. intelligence does because they believe in separation. There's bad Russians and there's bad Chinese and there's bad Mexicans and they, everybody's out to get us. Even Canadians were labeled by Donald Trump. We're a threat to national security. And it's like it's like a million enemies. That's our job. If you take a look, I'm doing a show, not next week, the week after, an election show. I'm going to have the guy who asked Hillary Clinton the question, and we're going to be talking about this this idea. Reid has now come out, and, and, and Senator Reid, on this whole thing. And there's these rumors that they have been given, the UFO people have been given half a million dollars on for UFO research. And Reid was the, the guy that was, was pushing this whole thing. And it's uh, basically now been confirmed in an article was written today by Nick Pope that uh, the Senate and the House Armed Services Committee 
are looking at the UFO thing. So why are they doing it? Because they're into the separation. They're armed services. They're the, we, we're, the, we're the good guys on earth, and we have these things. And Reed said, we've got to get it. I am telling you that the Russians and the Chinese are working on this technology, and if they get it, they're the bad guys. They're gonna they're gonna get us, and we've got to figure this thing out. And so they're doing all the 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 testing, and they're giving all this money to try to get the technology. So the the question is, what is the U.S. military going to do with this technology? If you say you have these kids that were put, like Whitley talks about, yes, there are bad things. There was also two atomic bombs that were dropped. 150,000 people melted in the sidewalk, innocent civilians. It doesn't get much eviler than that. And and what was the, the explanation by the New York Times, the science reporter? They had it coming. We had uh, Madeleine Albright, 1996, on YouTube. You can watch her actually admit that the U.S.-led embargo on Iraq in, in the early 1990s led to the death of half a million ch children. It doesn't get much eviler than that. Yes, people are doing very evil things. It comes down to separation. It comes down to the US military who believes we are the God's ch ch chosen race and we have to protect the American people and the ends justifies the means. And if we have to go out and drop some atomic bombs, if we have to kill people, they dropped the atomic bomb. For example, in World War II, they dropped it at 1500 feet. The, 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 the calculation was done by John von Neumann. They didn't have computers at the time. John von Neumann was this mathematical brilliant guy. And the, the, why did they drop it at 1500 feet? Because it actually created the most damage. There's documents that have now been released about them threatening, they were going to use nuclear weapons in, in uh, uh, North Vietnam, about the fact that since the early, since World War II, the policy has been to drop the bombs on civilians because it terrorizes the civilians and it, it makes the civilians stop the, the government from doing stuff. This is a policy. This is military policy. But the military policy is based on separation. It's us versus them. And we are here to protect the American people. And that's why you get just really ugly, evil things, not just a couple of little kids in a box. That's why they went into MKUltra, because they wanted to learn weapons. Man, if we could use this, we could really do some damage. We can effectively kill pe people better faster and save the good people on earth that that are all perfect it's this separation we're the good guys we're the american military the ends justifies the means and if we have to kill like donald trump he talks about north korea we are going to we if it comes down to it, we will destroy the entire country that's 25 million people when you get that kind of stuff it's the same thing it's this belief in separation if you really believe that everything is one you can't you cannot do this kind of stuff so so let's get back to the, the Clinton question that you're talking about and the Harry Reid half a million dollars. Yeah. So how does that fit into your your view of well, this? Well, this is the, this is how they're getting the money. So they're they're calling it the advanced uh, aviation or aerospace depending threat identification program. Before Leslie Kane was using it, they said that before this started, they were saying, oh, we've got to look into UFOs because it may be a threat to airliners. And I guess nobody believed that. And then he said it was a threat because they were interfering with our nuclear weapons. Look at these bad guys. They're interfering with our nuclear weapons, which when I said they're if shutting down nuclear weapons, he's just giving them the Nobel Prize for the next 20 years. That's the best thing that ever happened. And so it's this idea that the aliens are a threat and we have to put the money. So if you go into the U.S. government and you say, oh, these aliens, they're good people. They want to help us. A lot of, they're going to go get out of here. We, we, we're not interested. 
you create a create a need and then fill it. You say these guys are here. The Russians are going to get the technology. They're going to kill us with the technology. The Chinese are going to kill us with the technology. The aliens are bad guys. We don't know for sure, but they, but they could destroy us. We have to get this. And the U.S. military, that's their job. So they're going to put in a half million dollars, say, yeah, the threat is there. We have to protect the threat. And then we're going to put the money into the thing. If there was no threat on this whole thing with the to the stars thing, there would be no money. That's why they're calling it a threat, because you have to have an enemy. You have to have a separation. If there's no separation, nobody's giving you any money. There you have it. Yeah, that's a good point. But so here's my theory, yeah. is that we got these aliens. The crafts are controlled by consciousness, clearly. We got these humans can't get our shit together enough to even be truthful with ourselves half the time. So we have to hire these shrinks to be, have any sort of intimate connection so we can tell, cause we don't even have a friend we want to tell our shit to let alone live with it. So we're just stuck in this self replicating fucking loop of reincarnation until we get our shit together enough that we can go off planet by manipulating consciousness or however the fuck you do it. And that's why the aliens are nice because they got their shit together solved <laughs> and, and my latest theory i, I did uh, alex saw the lecture i gave my latest theory where i basically say you know if the aliens wanted to tell us or if they're aliens i mean i the more i look at it the more i go to the jacques valet thing where you know it used to be spirits and leprechauns and stuff like that and it, it seems to be manifesting depending upon what societal beliefs we have uh i basically look at it and say they're not doing anything they're just playing games they're doing the the trickster thing they're uh, dropping metal, different pieces of metal. They're saying, hey, give them this piece of metal and, and make them think. That's all they're doing. They're, they're making us uh, think they're not trying to take over. They're not trying to, you know, steal our gold or any of that kind of stuff. It, to me, the more I look at it, the more it's just like they're just trying to raise consciousness. Put on a crop circle. Let's let's put this crop circle and make them think. And everybody's going, whoa, what's this going on here? And let's drop this piece of metal. And, and it's got screw around with the isotopes and and. Then you get the the higher stuff where you start getting the messages that they're giving us. And that's where we get into what we started with is this idea that, you know, 75 percent of all the experiencers in this survey believe that reincarnation is involved. And they're getting this based upon this uh, experience encounter with with beings. You know, 37 percent have had near death experiences. That's twice the na that's seven times the national average. And and I remember free when when this they first got this stat, the 37 percent have near death experiences. They're going and they're saying. We got to have a committee. We got to figure out what, why. Why is this happening? How could you possibly have all these experiencers and they have this such a high percentage of of near death experiences? And I'm saying because you believe it's a random world. If I can predict that you're going to have a car accident tomorrow, it's not as random as you think it is. And the possibility is that it's not random. The the fact that you're an experiencer is because you chose to be an experiencer. And the fact that you have a near death experience is because you chose to have a near death experience. You're assuming these are random events. They're not random events. And you get this thing, the highest beings was was the, the energy being 55, 53% there's telepathic messages, including a vision. 81% of all experiences have out-of-body experiences. 45% say that they have been, they've had an encounter, they've been brought into what they refer to uh, like a spirit world. What and, percent have had a MyLab experience? Um, 35%. How I many? got it right here. And it's overrepresentative of the most traumatic experiences they've had. Okay, so who's doing the MyLab events? Well, I think Whitley just kind of laid out a pretty good uh, profile of 
of the involvement in that. So I'm not disagreeing with the overall message that you're saying. I guess I'm trying to refine it and I'm trying to ask the follow-up question is, you know, okay, I understand you're in the battleground of moving people away from the evil alien abduction thing. Fine. I just want to make sure as we take that step, we don't step over some stuff that we might want to pay attention to. And such that's as. such as why they did that. What, what are they doing with the my lab stuff? What are they That's trying it. to accomplish? And you can't just keep saying that separation. <laughs> I get that. I'm non dual. I'm non dual. Graham's non dual. We both do meditation all the time. I am totally into the secret of the secret of the ascent is to always look up. Believe me, I'm a freaking yogi, totally committed to that. But I'm also a real person who lives in this world and makes decisions decisions about what I support and where I draw the line. And, and this is something I think we have to be clear about in terms of saying we just should not tolerate that. We should be very, very upset about people doing our government messing around with this agree. extended consciousness realm in this way in an attempt to weaponize it. And I tired of just keep saying, well, it's all separation. Well, the whole Freaking world is separation. Exactly, and that, that's but that's the problem that you. That as doesn't American get us anywhere. But 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 that's the thing. You 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 you've you've got a seven hundred some odd billion dollar defense budget, and you have this belief in separation. It's 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 more prominent it now. Doesn't it, it, get out of the politics? Who cares? Do you want to be in Chicom? You want to go over there and, and be on the on a death van in China? I don't. So you know we can compare different it, things and this one versus that. Yeah, Who but it's cares? beyond. It's I'm beyond. The, it's beyond political. The, it's beyond the local the local government and your national government. It's a it's a it's an elite group of people flying around in this technology. Whether whether ET exists or not, somebody's flying around in high, high technology that we don't have access to. So who's, who's flying around in the, all the black, big black triangles. That's not just me and my consciousness. Hey, hey, this is a, this is a major question I wanted to ask Grant and that secret space program, uh, you know, uh, very popular with, uh, with a lot of folks out there, Joe Farrell, Joseph Farrell, uh, uh, Richard Dolan, definitely. They make a strong case for it. I, uh, who'd I, David, David Schrott, I, I gave these guys the thing there. I mean, you have a different perspective on it. I thought you had a great counter perspective on it. Let, let's talk about Graham's point there. Who's, who's flying these things around? Is it us? Is it secret space space program? Is it, you know, uh, I mean, as I pointed out, I mean, if you take a look, now we're into the triangles, but it started as, as wooden ships with propellers and guys hanging off ropes. Then it went to these Foo Fighter things for a couple of years where they're on the edges of planes and they're flying along. And then it was the green fireballs over top of the uh, the uh, nuclear stuff where we're doing all the nuclear tests and building the atomic bombs. Yeah, but, and then but, but, it goes Grant, to, there's planes up there. We do have planes, right? We do have technology. We do have stuff that flies. So we're asking, is, is this stuff that we see that's flying no. as a triangle? Is it? Have we made it? Have we made it out and tested it out in the lab and the uh, tested out in the desert of Nevada? That's a real question. You can't just say flying ships and big sails and all the rest of that. Seven forty sevens fly. Do triangles fly? But is a triangle actually? Do if whether it's the U.S. military or whether it is alien beings? Do you need a craft that's one mile wide to fly one hundred feet over the ground in 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 uh, Phoenix? 
The, the, the triangles have only appeared the last couple of years. I mean, they, it's it's the predominant sighting, but it wasn't the most most predominant sighting. Now it's like the, the, these these things are changing. It's it's they changing. They used to have like ships with windows. You don't really get that, those reports anymore. You have landing traces. That doesn't happen for twenty years. It's like so you're saying no secret space program. That's I, okay. I'm you're... saying the more I look at it, the more I doubt the secret space program. I'll give you some reasons why, because. Um, um, I asked Chris Bledsoe, who is very good friends with uh, Jim Semivan, who's the guy that runs To The Stars. And I said, Chris, I need you to ask, is do they have this this uh, high-tech stuff? And um, he asked and he said, no, we have high-tech. We don't have that stuff. Um, basically, I looked at and I said, if they have this high-tech stuff, then why is Bob Bigelow, a billionaire, still doing the rocket thing? And doing the the thing of building little uh, pod things that are going to be uh, put on on the on added to uh, space stations and stuff because that's where the money is. Uh, even Elon Musk is is going to use rockets to go to to Mars. That's four thousand year old technology. Uh, I don't see anything. I think that these high money people, Joe Firmage, who spent a hundred billion dollars, is working on this this box thing that's trying to levitate this thing off the ground by one inch. Well, why are him and Bigelow and all these people doing this? super like basically can't get something to levitate off the ground when uh, all this secret space program stuff they've got the money they've got the access firmage uh, i asked a question of firmage and the and the thing was he has all these contacts inside intelligence inside the government so why are they wasting their time time with this very minor stuff and um, I think that a lot of a lot of the spe secret space program thing is just military bravado. We got all this stuff. We've got you know we're going to other uh, star systems. We're trading with other people and all this kind of stuff. And in the end, basically, you you can't get off the ground. You can't get to the space the space station. You got to go on Russian rockets. And the reason you go on Russian rockets is because the American rockets that were taken out of service that had the nuclear weapons on them were driven over, according to Bigelow, by front end loaders. Because you didn't want to compete with the new rockets that were coming out, so they were not allowed. So, so you have Bigelow using Russian rockets. You have no space program. You have basically none of the stuff. And the more I look at it, the more I think that it's that it's 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 just bravado. It's just stories that are thrown in there to uh, uh, throw people off. Uh, I, I, I leave myself open to someone actually uh, showing me. I remember there was a guy. I, I was in Ireland, and there was a guy who ran the King's Observatory. And he had developed this technology where he was able to uh, take a microwave tower from 10 miles away. And it looked like he was standing right beside it. And in the middle of the night, in the dark, he could uh, photograph this microwave tower in the dark. And, and, and in color, it would be like two miles away. And he was selling this technology to the U.S. military. So I said to him, I said, if there was secret space, and this is many years ago, if there was these secret uh, cr big crafts that were flying around, uh, would you um, would you be able to to see the craft? He said, if that stuff is up there, I could see the rivets on it. And so I started asking people. I said, okay, if these crafts are flying around, give me the location. I got a guy in Ireland who's got the technology, and nobody would ever provide me the 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 tech the the location of where these things are. I, I think it's it 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 falls apart when you start looking at the amount of money that people are putting in this thing. CIA, Ron Pandolfi, all these guys, and, and they don't seem to be getting anywhere. And you, the one quote that you guys have sent me, this thing about Ben Rich, I recovered some documents and I haven't uh, put them out yet. There was a guy doing a manuscript on an eyes only study for uh, President um, Johnson. The guy that was involved in the study was 
a guy by the name of Arthur Lundahl, who is the equivalent to Ron Pandolfi, Kit Green, all these people that are uh, running the CIA uh, UFO program, the uh, remote viewing program, all this sort of stuff. They are the head guy. And at that point, they said they had discovered nothing. And this was an eyes only study. They couldn't get anywhere. And and you get Eric Davis, who's saying um, 1989, they shut down uh, the they have crashed saucers. They had a crash saucer program. And that's Eric Davis, who is a contractor who I knew Eric Davis for many years. And he's got some some weird characteristics, but he's not a liar. And he said that they shut the remote. They shut the the crash saucer program down in 1989 because they couldn't get anywhere. That's the experience that I get when I talk to people like Chris Bledsoe, who talk about the fact that you go into the ship and you you put your hand on a pad and suddenly you can go wherever, whatever you think is where you go. Or a guy that tells me, a, a Mormon guy who flew the craft out of out of Utah, who tells me he's on there. And where do you want to go? I want to see the uh, the Milky Way from a, from a, a distance away in space. And it's two seconds, he said, in two seconds, he was there. We do not have this technology. Chris Bledsoe talks about you go into the craft. The craft looks like it's about 10 or 12 feet across. You go inside the craft and it's like 50 feet across. And you look outside the craft and it's 10, 10 or 12 feet. You look inside, it's 50 feet. I don't care what anybody says. We do not have this technology. I think it's all just this sort of military bravado. When you when you come down to it, we have high-tech planes. We have all this kind of stuff. And even the high-tech planes. Now the F-35 has been grounded because, uh, um, you know, it, it's... Um, it had a crash or the people will talk to me about, oh, the government's doing the cattle mutilations. I said, really? We had the hot, the, the seal, this, uh, these, uh, uh, seal team six, the top guys who trained for months to go in and get bin Laden. They had stealth helicopters. They turned the lights off and they crashed a helicopter. We went to rescue the Iranian hostages. We crashed helicopters. We in Somalia, we crashed helicopters. And then people say, oh, no, they, the government is going in 10,000 cattle mutilations. And they were able to do this for 40 years and never crash a helicopter. I think that a lot of the stuff that's out there is 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 just not true, that they do not have this kind of tech technology they want you to think because what they're doing is they're throwing garbage into the field so you and i sit there and argue and we don't know and and somebody says the secret space program exists i say it doesn't and we end up fighting with each other and meanwhile the story that they want out is is put out it's all counterintelligence there's more money according to some stories spent on classification to protect the program than on the program they're good at this they're good at throwing these bizarre stories and and counter intelligence operations that they run to protect what they're doing but i i simply do not believe the more i look at it i mean i used to believe that they did have the secret space program because ben rich had said and that was part of my download ben rich said we've got the technology to take et home we've discovered the mistake in the equation and now Hell Putoff is saying that he's discovered the mistake in the equation. He now has the technology, but they haven't built anything. And they, they actually talk about this terahertz energy that they're going to bombard this, this layered piece. But Hell Putoff has admitted that they do not have a terahertz generator sufficient that can produce sufficient energy to bombard that piece of equipment. So every road that I've taken, it appears that, no, we're making a lot of claims but no, this technology is way beyond anything that we have. I don't know. I mean, the re I still would like to speculate on what then that is, because the black triangle thing is it's just a good example. There's all kinds of different shapes and craft that are seen out there. But I mean, I, the black triangle one is the one that I know enough people personally that have seen that themselves. So then if, if you're not sure about ETs and that they're flying these things around and you don't think that we have the technology on Earth, um, 
you know there's not a lot of different well, i mean what's left i mean it just seems like what's that manifestation or yeah, just I, I you know, know maybe just, a triangle just isn't that great it's just like shitty what, earth tech you know it looks good well, that's but what it's, really, I saw that's, that's, but really that's just beyond the tech inflatable grand, piece of shit yeah but that, that, that's beyond the it's like just, technology it's that like grant's the f36 talking about. <laughs> yeah yeah, I mean, I saw a triangle in 76, and it looked completely different, and it was 100 feet above the car. It was either 100 feet above the car, or it was very big. I mean, it was the, when I looked up with the binoculars, it was the entire field of vision yeah. of, a, of a triangle. And so I'm not denying that triangles exist or yeah, that yeah. Uh, that aliens are flying. But you take a look at the crafts. I mean, and this is one of the points I make in this whole thing, that it's that it might be just a game. Like, why do you keep changing the crafts? It, it changes from year to year. There's different types of crafts. John Lennon's well, crafts. Well, because our cars change. Well, our cars change. Everything changes. Maybe you have okay, to so, because so it's John like Lennon, the Indians. Let me ask you about the John Lennon thing. So he has the white lights alternating. Flick, flick, flick. These white lights along the edge of this the, the craft and then a red light on top. So our is, is the, the statement that we need white lights flashing off and on to go through interstellar space? Why do UFOs have lights on them? And they're, and they're all different types. Because we put because no- some people have funky lights trust. on their on their cars. I just saw people snowboarding with lights on their snowboards. I mean, can't trust John. Lyon. Everybody changes it. Why why can't they change their design uh, depending but on why, what trip but they're why making? Why would they even have lights? Well, maybe why that's because. Yeah, well, why do they just do stealth? Like they're doing the abduction. Nobody sees them when they're abducting because people. Because they, so, yeah. the same reason we put lights on so people can see you, or so you can exactly make, uh... so you can see the crap. That's exactly why they put lights. That's 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 the whole point. Is that they want you to see it, and when you see it, then you're part of the game. They want you to tell the story. That's all they're doing. And everyone, all these crafts look different. The lights all look different. Uh, I mean, I even saw ones in '75 where it was one object and it changed into another object. Yeah. And so the the whole the whole the whole deal is we sort of have this thing where it's 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 solid it's a a a a thing but what you see i've been in it so long that i know that the the, the pattern keeps changing that now maybe you, it has to like angel hair maybe angel it hair has doesn't to exist change. anymore or you know the the, the whole idea where the landing where, traces are less now landing traces or uh people uh seeing windows in crafts uh, you know, aliens that come down and tell some guy to get a pail of water, uh, the trickster thing, like at the Skinwalker Ranch. So why are they doing this? The, the woman comes home, takes all the, the, the groceries. She takes the groceries out and puts them on the counter. She goes to the next room. She comes back and all the groceries are back in the bag. To me, it's all just it's just like they're playing like the the the, the game of trying to make us think the breadcrumb thing. And the government's doing the same thing. It's almost like they've learned the same game is you're doing it gradually. You're you're mixing it up with a bunch of stuff because either side, whether it's the so, government. Wait a minute. If they're mixing it up with a bunch of stuff, doesn't that imply that there's some real stuff? I mean, that's just that. I mean, there's no argument that the, the, the screen memory and that consciousness is much more flexible than this. But when you go out to the airport and you get in a plane, it basically works. It takes off from one place. It lands in another place. Yep. And now Elon is telling us, oh, I can speed that up. I'm going to do it with these hokey rockets, but I'm still <laughs> going to be able to get you from New York to Shanghai in 39 minutes. And that's going to be a great business. So there's a reality to this that we can't just breeze blow past. I mean, that's back to my thing of consensus reality. So when a lot of people point to Bob Lazar and say, there he is. And you had a good point. I want you to tell the story of what you think about, you know, Bob Lazar and John Lear, Area 51. And they're out there and he says, come out, I'll show you. I'm working at Area 51. If we show up at this time, you'll see we're, we're testing these craft and they show up at that time and there are the craft and all the rest of that. So, again, there's there's a, a, a consensus reality to it of craft that fly. And it seems like you're kind of mixing that 
with the consciousness stuff in a way that kind of uh, we can't completely do there. I well, think I've you kind of can, though. I, I think mean, I've can. actually seen the craft change from one craft to another. I've seen it with Moan Eyes. So I, uh, and that was back in the in the I'm, I'm not denying that. I'm and, not. And, I'm and not saying that. I'm not denying. So there is that. a there is a physical type of 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 of, of shift, but whether theirs is like that. Whether theirs is is this one model, and it does come into the physical uh, reality. They can move into our deep part, dark part of the thing. They can manifest as a physical being or as a physical craft, but they can also disappear. They can also turn into a ball of light and disappear. So the question is, is it actually a physical thing, or can they just come in, manifest as a physical being, but they're not really in this world. They can come in, and we think we're stuck in this world. That's all there is, is this physical world. We can do the same thing if we understand how it works. Hmm. Well, yeah. Bob Lazar, do your thing on Bob Lazar. Well, the, the Bob Lazar, I, I would correct the thing where they said he saw the ship flying around. They saw lights. So Bob Lazar, now the whole that's the whole thing about how it was all just a game. Because Bob Lazar, in his when he did the interview to go on to Area 51, he had three interviews with EG&G. And uh, Knapp confirms this. The, second, the first question in the second interview was, your relate, what's your relationship to John Lear and what do you think about him? So before they actually put him on Area 51, they knew that he knew John Lear. And John Lear was putting out all the weird stuff. You know, uh, the Dulcie base, uh, you know, aliens, big shootout, 64 special forces killed. Uh, don't go to the light when you die. The aliens are going to take your soul and take it to the moon. John Lear had some really wild stories that he was telling. And so what they wanted is they wanted the story, according to my version of the thing. They, they knew that, that Lazar knew John Lear. And they knew that if they put him on the base, he would go and tell uh, John Lear the whole story. And John Lear would put it out. And because John Lear had all these weird ideas about what was going on, everybody would say, ah, it's just John Lear. Don't listen to John Lear. The guy's crazy. Don't listen to John Lear. And that's what happened. Because the day after he first went on the base in December of 1988, he went to Bob John Lear's house. And, and he said, I was on the base. And it's real. And then John said, so is it theirs or ours? And he said, it's theirs. And he said, well, what are you doing here? You know they're going to be following you. Get out of my house. Go back and work for six months and then come back and, and talk to me. <laughs> so John is telling the story. John Lear is telling the story. We've got the, the crafts at Area 51. Nobody's listening to him, not even at KLS TV. Only person that listened to him was, was Knapp, but Knapp really didn't do anything with it. And it was be, uh, this bizarre incident that occurred in May of 1989, six months later, after John had been telling everybody knows listening to him, when they basically um, uh, said... Uh, he, uh, Knapp says to John Lear, he said, I'm missing a guest on tonight's show. Uh, get, get some, uh, you, you get that guy, it was Area 51 that got uh, fired. And he said, yeah, he said, bring him on my show. And that's when it went viral because now it's Emmy award-winning, uh, reporter, uh, Knapp. But w the, the way that it happened when, when you talked about, he takes Lear out to show him the craft, they're testing it the same night or the, the, he's told. So if he's a part-time guy, he was only there a couple of days. His, he didn't very make much money. He confirms he was only there a couple of times. So why would they tell him when they're going to test the craft? He's not involved in the testing. They told him because they knew he, he was going to take Lear out there. But so there's takes, a craft out there. I mean, there's they a, there's, observe. There's a light, not a craft. And oh, it's filmed. Come on with the light thing. I mean, these guys are not, he's not an idiot. He knows what he's observing. Okay, so the, the, so then he so this is top secret technology. Say it's a craft. Say they're flying the craft, and then they get caught, 
The next day, they take it to Indian Springs. They put a gun to his head and they say, when we told you it was top secret, that didn't mean to bring your friends out here. And what do they do? Do they arrest him for top secret, releasing top secret material? No. Do they do? All they do is suspend his security clearance. They say, oh, your wife is screwing around with the pilot that she's taking lessons from. And we, we're, we're just going to suspend your security clearance. And they let him go. And they actually invite him back on the base again. It was it was Bob Lazar who didn't go back on the base. They never fired the guy. So if he, if he was releasing all this top secret material, why didn't they fire him? They didn't fire him because they wanted to feed him more stuff. He was being fed this stuff. They wanted people to believe. Like people said, oh, we saw this craft levitated outside the outside the hangar. I don't but, know if that's true or not, but I'm willing to accept that part of the story, just like I'm willing to accept El Zanato did the same thing. I mean, right, he reveals all this stuff. And the next day he has a job with two to the stars Academy. He's a whistleblower that never. So it's the same script played over same and over game. again. But Absolutely. our launching off point for this is something different. Our launching off point was you were saying, hey, there's no triangles. The ship changed no, shapes and all the rest of that. And it, but but you are you are you countering Lazar's basic testimony that he was out there, he saw craft, he saw technology, and it flew in this way that was unexplainable in, in, in conventional terms. I mean, that's the point that I think is relevant to your, your statement about none of, we don't have any of that technology. That, that, is, that, is, that is something that I leave open, same as the Ben Rich statement. But what Lazar saw was a hovering craft. He didn't see the thing fly. When he when it was outside the hangar, it was just hovering in front of him. That's all he saw. He saw the crafts that were all in the bays, the nine bays. But the 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 whole thing was that Eric Davis, who's got the security clearances, who works for Hal Putoff, who basically said that Roswell was real and that uh, the Del Rio crash was real, and Hell Putoff said there was a crash saucer document. These guys are on uh, sort of on the inside. They got these security clearances. It was he that said that they shut down the crash saucer program in 1989. That's the same year as, as, as Lazar. So the fact is they may have had nine crafts, but they couldn't get anywhere. They couldn't reproduce it. It's like giving a, a cell phone to uh, Da Vinci, or, you know, something like that, where you, you they, they've got it, but they can't figure the, the whole thing out. It, whereas some of the stories are, oh, we've had the technology since 1954. We've been flying around and stuff like that. That kind of stuff I don't believe. We we understand some of the material. Absolutely. We understand some of the, the ideas, and we know that DNA is being affected, uh, this sort of stuff. We know uh, a lot of little bits and pieces, but do we have crafts where we're actually flying this this stuff around? Uh, the more I look at it, the more I have my doubts that that is going on. Doesn't mean that there's not triangles. Doesn't mean that the, the, the beings aren't flying triangles, but these triangles, uh, even I know, the triangle that I saw didn't start off as a triangle. It started off as a huge arc welding light on the American border, which made a turn. And as it came down the road towards me, suddenly it turned into this triangle. Three huge lights, two red lights and a green light in the back. And it sat right above the car. And then this bizarre sort of breaking of the film thing. And it, it sort of moved off, moved off. So I'm not denying there's, there's crafts. The question is, the more I look at it, the more 
suspicious all the the various types of of crafts or the, the different types of, of of beings. There's there's lots and lots and lots of different types of of beings, and nobody sees one particular type of being. So when you're on the craft, you have Travis Walton, and you see the, the sort of the the sort of the gray type beings, and then suddenly there's a humanoid, and then suddenly you know the people will report. Then there's a reptilian, and then there's this, and it's like the, the all these beings are working together that nobody sees one particular being. It's it's almost like they see. In the early part of their life, in the end of the part of the life, they start to see sort of more angelic type things and they get uh, the the uh, the sort of the hybrid stuff goes away and they start getting messages and all this uh, love and light type stuff. It, it's the experiences aren't as as clear cut as people think they are. And you see these bizarre you know, incidents like Bud Hopkins, the key guy that started the whole abduction thing. And I pointed out in the lecture, how did it start? It starts with him going to the to the corner store to buy his liquor. And the guy tells him this story about this UFO that's uh, 100 feet off the, the road or 100 yards off the road. And there's these aliens with shovels outside the, the ship and they're digging holes. And I'm going like, what the heck is that all about? And so he goes and he finds these 15 holes five inches deep and he's down the rabbit hole. He suddenly has he can't let go of it and he starts running after the thing. So is there actually aliens that really need to dig holes with shovels? They're doing so many bizarre things that to me, it's 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 almost like it becomes less fluid, almost like the idea of of consciousness, where we, you're really not seeing what you think you're seeing. It's like green. There is no real green. It's it's it, everything is space when you think it's solid and there's no out there. It's all inside your head. Uh, you know, this kind of thing where the more you look at the world, the more you look at quantum physics, the 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 the, the, the sort of the more pliable it gets. And the same thing with consciousness, whether it's out of body experiences or near death experiences, lucid dreaming, the more you get into that thing, the more pliable the world becomes, the more it, it you can sort of change and almost become like be in their world where it's it's not solid anymore it's it's not you know characters can change you can you can move at the speed of light you can move around in uh, in your astral body or whatever and that's what my impression and when i looked at all this stuff is that we're in this physical world we think everything's solid there's uh, separate particles there's separate you me all this kind of stuff and that's the way it is and the more you disassociate and go into whatever that information field is the higher you get up the the less physical the less solid it becomes and the more pliable it becomes and the more it becomes the john wheeler thing you're manifesting what you're seeing it, it you are affecting what you are seeing so kind of getting back to the the black budget stuff like what about stephen greer's work which is very similar to what you're saying in a way that most or if not all of the ets are are not you know malevolent they're they're good for the most part and that use consciousness to contact them, but he also takes it a little further and talks about the soft matter and the synthetic biology that is being created. You know, maybe in some of these my labs, or I mean, do you do you have any? What do you think about that whole thing? It's kind of well, a, as as to Stephen Greer, the, the the exception I've got, it's the same thing. It's this duality thing. So he just changes the duality. He says the the aliens are all good, and I'm saying no, the aliens aren't good or bad. Aliens are just souls that are reincarnating, and you may be a, an alien next time. So if if you have evil aliens, and then suddenly you get born as one, are you now an evil alien? I mean, are you now evil because you are now reincarnated as a as a gray or a reptilian or whatever? So he he wants to separate that, and then he has the problem, and and everybody has this problem that you and I call it the messiah complex. So the government comes to you and they say, you know, 
Um, we, I've got this top secret material and I've, uh, you know, made an oath to the government to obey the law and uphold the constitution, but I'm going to make an exception for you. I'm here to tell you the most top secret material we got in the country. It ain't happening. And I think Alex agrees that there's no whistleblowers. This is all set up. This is all manipulation. So what might happen with Stephen Greer is he gets a couple of people who give him some material that is legitimate. It's going towards the right thing. The easiest way to disrupt somebody in the field is not to go and kill him. It's to give him 100 bad witnesses. So he's got, uh, you know, 1,000 witnesses. And all they do is put in 100 bad witnesses to put a bunch of garbage in there. And you can't really you can't really uh, believe anything. So Stephen is is based upon his worldview is basing it on what these witnesses. So the witnesses that, that don't agree, then he 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 rejects them. But um, his stuff like he's got he's the one that one's the ones that said that we have had anti gravitic technology since 1954 and that we're yeah, withholding yeah. all this technology and yeah. stuff. And again, I, I may have believed that at one point. The more I look at it, the more I, I see guys like Firmage and Bigelow and guys with a lot, a lot of money and a lot of influence and a lot of contacts inside the government who don't appear to be anywhere. They're absolutely starting from the word go. And then when I heard Eric Davis said that we basically have gone nowhere. And and, and again, you're at the Armed Services Committee and they're trying to get this money to to uh, run a program and they're basically saying you know we don't have anything we've 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 ignored the subject we haven't done anything with it and the big bad russians and the chinese they're way ahead of us and we've got this threat and we've got to deal with this threat and we need some money and uh, i i i leave it open that there may have technology but i just can't see that these high level guys who i've followed a number of these guys for many many years would be so far off the mark if they, they they could just buy this technology, just find it. Why play around in in this other field when you could find some way to get some of the black technology and actually move ahead? So they, why, they're, they're nowhere. So why leak disinfo like soft matter or synthetic biology to somebody when some of the labs are working on that stuff, you know, with funding from the Department of Energy? So, well, I don't understand the intention, the purpose of of that kind of meeting with somebody that's in the know to feed that. I mean, is it just to show that there's some advancement going on? Or, I mean, well, I don't under, I don't, I just don't, I just don't get well, that. To- total chaos. They want total chaos. They want the information. So what they'll do, and I'll give you the example of these latest documents that are leaked. I don't know if you're familiar with them. So Lou Alessandro, there's a big thing about where's Lou Alessandro's resignation letter. And there's this uh, thing while well, we need his resignation letter. It's not classified and stuff. And to the stars is under this attack or, you know, this resignation letter. So suddenly there's this story put out. Uh, Chris Mellon, who's one of the uh, to the stars Academy uh, board members. The story is, well, he puts all these documents that they're going to use for the Senate uh, uh, intelligence, uh, no, the armed services committee to get the money. They puts these documents on his website and then someone hacks the website. That's one version. And the other one was he accidentally sent them out. He left them on his website and people grabbed them off his website. And I'm going, no, this is this is like it's it's the same old scam thing. And and so when I see it, I, I, I've been in this since the 80s when I was looking at these documents and stuff. So I said to them, I said, OK, let me see the documents. Let me see the Lou Alessandro's resignation letter. 
So they send it to me. And it, now there's you've got messiahs. You've got these guys who believe they've been given classified material by the U.S. government. And we're on the inside of the government here. And we know what's going on, whatever. And they give me the document. And, of course, number one thing I noticed right away is that there's no di- there's no date on the document. It's a, it's, a, it's a resignation letter to the Secretary of Defense. And they didn't put a date on it. And I go, there's no date on this thing. This thing's been altered. It's It may be true material. So they put true material. They want you to know Lou Elizondo's story. And then they they spell deferred uh, uh, retirement uh, incorrectly, and they have a bunch of other spelling mistakes. And I'm going, this is the same game. You're altering documents. Or in the second document, they have these interviews they do with the Nimitz guys. There's four different ones. One they've got the the age, and the other three they go, he's about 40 years old. And I'm going, really? I mean, you you do this interview with the guy, and and you just sort sort of say, oh, he's about 40 years old. I think Fravor was one of them where they say, oh, he's about 40 years old or whatever. And this kind of stuff. So what you do is you you take the, the, the material, you take the information, you surround it with disinformation, and then you go to somebody and you say, I'm here from the government and I'm here to help you. And all you're doing is you're you're getting the story out that something's going on, but you throw mud in the water so nobody knows really what's 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 going on so you're doing both things at the same time you're doing this gradual disclosure but you're controlling it and the way you just you control it is by creating this this uh sort of disinformation the 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 sort of the bob lazar thing where you his he's got two degrees that he claims he's got then suddenly you realize oh he doesn't have these two master's degrees that he claimed oh he's a hoax and everybody runs off and everybody suddenly realizes that there's there's crafts at area 51 because they didn't realize that 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 an Emmy Award winning guy was going to put the story out there, and this thing is viral, and then they get it back under control again. But that's what they're doing. They're so, they're, they're just putting the story out in a controlled manner. So I want to ask your take on this. Then, so it, you know, there was a lot of. I mean, Stephen Bassett, advocate for disclosure, you know, has, has yeah. quite a few, quite a following, quite a voice in the communities. He's done a lot of good work getting people together in Washington to to you know talk about this stuff. So he he's super upset that Hillary and Podesta can't be the disclosure people. I mean, he he was really counting on that. I mean, he is yeah. fed up. So then, but then after Trump gets in, they come up with this Lou Elizondo story and say the government has been looking at it. They've been fun, funding funding this stuff. Now we're finding out the funding is also going through the 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 ranch and all that with that movie coming out, but that's kind of a different topic. So, and then Trump comes out with the the space force. I mean, is there, is there to me, where's this drip drip disclosure going then? And is, is there something going on between, you know, let's say that the two factions of the deep state, you know, is Trump getting ahead of disclosure, getting ahead of this message by, by, you know, coming out with this after um, obviously, the camp, you could say the camp of the Lou Elizondo is the same as the camp that's pushing for Hillary and Podesta to, to disclose something. Yeah, well, okay, there's two separate issues. So the the, the thing about the Space Force, I just, the, George Knapp just did an interview on uh, with Linda Howe and John Burroughs, and I listened to it about five times, and in there he's <laughs> asked that question, and he said, and, and he's on the inside, he knew about To the Stars when it, uh, not To the Stars, with the, the ATIP program, he knew about it in 2007. He was told about the whole thing. He had the inside. He was told he couldn't talk about it. This sort of stuff. So George Knapp has a lot of material that he that he's got an insight on. He said he is firmly convinced that the the secret space program has nothing to do with the UFO thing. The key no, to the space whole. For, you mean space force? Space force. Yeah, it has nothing to do with this uh, UFO thing. It's it's a separate issue. Uh, I guess it would be with satellites and, you know, the, we're going to shoot down each other's satellites and all this kind of stuff. He and I would I would see him as an expert. I don't have any uh, information myself, but I would use his 
his statement as my position for now. As to the, what was the other question? The, um, uh, oh, yeah, the, the whole thing about the uh, what, what's actually going on. So the, the big thing I always say with To The Stars is the key thing is how do you get the videos out? And everybody said, well, they weren't classified. They declassified them, whatever. But they've had videos. They've had gun camera footage since 1947. Uh, Kenneth Arnold was given two photographs. His daughter has come public that she was given two photographs by uh, his. He was given two photographs by the Fourth Air Force. And these were like gun camera uh, pictures. And they tried to convince him that these were real. So they've been doing this all, all along. And so they... Um, They've had all these gun cameras. So then suddenly they released the three. And I and my immediate thing was when you retire or uh, resign in disgust from the Department of Defense, they don't give you the UFO videos to go as a goodbye present. <laughs> Somehow they got these videos. It's the same story. Somebody's behind. So they asked, they said, OK, who's releasing them? They said, no, nope, it's not to the stars. To the stars is not releasing them. Then Lou Alessandro was confronted. He said, no, I'm not releasing the videos. Then they said, well, who's releasing the videos? And then Lou Alessandro said, the government is releasing the videos and we wait until they give us another video. So then they asked him, well, who's the government? And then, of course, he said, well, you'd have to ask the government that. That's the whole key is there's some there's some force inside the government, whatever it is, whether it's uh, the president, whether it's um, some. No, but hold it. I mean, here's Graham's point. Maybe and you can take force. one side or another is it clearly seems to be two sides. There seems to be two competing forces. And and this is like no big secret. It's not meant to be super controversial, but yeah. there's a, a, a neo left liberal globalist Absolutely. agenda kind of group. Oh, and boy. that's. Podesta and Pizzagate and all those people. And then there's the nationalist who with Darren's buddy over there in, in Russia and, and our guy in Washington, oh. D.C., who say nationalist, you know, we don't need millions of immigrants. Let's try and do it on our own. I Russia never first, said America that. first, I never said and all that. the rest of that. And I'm not making a value judgment. I'm not putting my poster in the front of my yard and picking one or another. I'm just saying that is how the world is divided now. It's not divided between Republicans and Democrats or liberals and conservatives. It's globalists and nationalists. And this was purely, this is clearly a political play by the globalist. And they put it in the globalist press, the New York Times and the Washington Post. So, I mean, can't we deal with it from that reality? That's the reality. No, I, I, my, that's not my impression. My impression is that there is no unified government. There's all sorts of competing people inside the government with different agendas. And they've been doing this since 1947. They've been le doing this leaking stuff. They went to Disney. They went to my friend Bob Emmeniger in the 1970s. They went to my friend Bill Moore in the 80s. They've been doing this over and over and over and over again. There's some sort of uh, plan, some sort of agency. And then you get the thing where they shut down the, the ASAP program. And then it was clear. And George Knapp said the names of the people will be released at some point that that Elizondo's boss was a uh, super religious guy and uh, believed that th there was this force inside the government who shut the program down that believed that this was allowing the Satan to come into the world. And they shut the program down. They pulled the money in 2012. And he said, all the names are there. And eventually these names will be released. So you have these, these different ideas of how the world works. So you have this very religious uh, group inside intelligence or the government or whatever that basically said, we are not doing UFOs. This is demonic. And they mm -hmm. shut the program down. Mm -hmm. And so that's the thing. I'd say there's hundreds of different 
agencies and it's, they talk about it. So it's you steal my money. I steal your money. Everybody's trying to get money. Everybody's trying to push their their version. And it's all comes down to money in, in the United States. It's, it's number one is money. Number two is money. Number three is money. So everybody's trying to get their budget. They're trying to push their budget. They're trying to say we have the, the number one need uh, in the Defense Department. You have seven hundred and thirteen or billion dollars or whatever. And everybody's trying to get a piece of the pie. And my version of how the world works is is the way it works. And it's all these competing interests. It's not. Yeah, but there's, but it's there's not something gonna, going on behind the scene. It's not that simple because there's not a lot of money going into this this field at all. It's all black, right? There's how many trillions are missing, and and how much is being funded through these other don't channels? Don't start talking about that. The, the CIA drug stuff. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff going on that's funneling and laundering money that's not part of a little bit of a half a million dollar budget in in a little in a little tiny program. So it, it's. It's not. It's not. It's. It's past the political. The, the political spectrum. And why? Why now? If if they've been leaking and slow dripping the stuff since 1947, like I agree with you. Why now? After Trump's elected, why now are they finally officially coming out with some sort of thing? I mean, we were closer well, than it ever was now. Supposed to happen before. It was supposed to happen with Podesta and with Hillary. That's why Podesta said to Lena Dunham, and he's running a billion dollar campaign, and he says to Lena Dunham. In September of 2015, Lena, good interview. Next time, ask her about the aliens. They had this plan. She went on the Kimmel show in November of 2015, and she wanted the UFO question. He was supposed to ask her the UFO question, and, she, and he didn't ask it. And when you had the, the WikiLeaks leak, with the, the memo comes out, and it talks about the fact that she was really upset. He didn't ask her about UFOs. She had practiced for five minutes. They had this plan before. It was going right. to be Hillary. But, that's what, be- but Grant, that's what he's saying. So so jump jump ahead and saying, so they had it before. They didn't get elected. They licked their wounds for a while, and then they pushed it out anyway. I mean, Somebody's- that's obviously what happened. Some force. Some, some force. But this is the same force that's been doing this. All along. And that's why I said it's the high hurdle. Who's releasing the videos? There's somebody inside government who has the authorization to release these videos because it's the old deal. This is this is the most highly classified secret in the United States, according to the Canadian government. Top secret document of 1950. You don't just release this stuff. Somebody is green lighting this stuff to come out. They're, they're leaking it and they don't leak the whole video. They leak parts of the video. They alter the documents. They change the spelling. They do all this kind of stuff. There's some program behind that is doing this leak. They're just doing it different from from Bill Moore's time or from the 1990s when they released 3,700 pages of documents called the new the new MJ-12 documents, 3,700 pages of documents. Now they've just learned how to do it a little bit better. They do it. They did it on steroids. I was told by Chris Bledsoe, who's uh, was in the inside the to the stars for for a period of time, that it was Jim Semivan who set up the um the, the thing where the New York Times, the Washington Post and Politico all go on the same day. This is a story that took two months to do. This was not a cut and paste story. They all did separate stories. The, the, the New York Times had a, a Pulitzer Prize. The Washington Post had two, a guy with two Pulitzer Prizes that ran the story. They all went the same day. So it's quite clear that they had planned this to to come out. They had they waited for nine months after Hillary had 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 because they had to rework the plan because now all the characters had changed. But they just came, came back. But the same players are in behind releasing it for whatever, whatever reason they're doing. And I think. What do you think the do, reason is? Yeah, I want you to, I kind of want you to speculate on that. What? I, I think it was. Well, the one explanation is the Brookings report from 1960. The idea that unless you acclimatize the people, 
the lower civilization will completely be wiped off the map, that you have to acclimatize the, to the people, to the fact that this is for real. You can't have them back in 1947, and then suddenly every suddenly realizes that... No, no, but that doesn't answer the on. why now. That, that doesn't answer the political they, nature of it. They've never stopped. They're just doing it. They're just doing it with steroids. They've done why it. Why now? Why now? Why now? Why you you just went through the a very compelling coming? Because what the Borg is coming? Well, no, but that's that's well, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, it's time to know. You know, you well, know, it's it's time for Blue Beam, right? To it's, get to to me, steroids, it could be their last maybe something card. Has to be accelerated. Their last or card. AI or who knows, man? There's so but many fucking wild cards right now. Yeah, but you're talking about another disclosure in January or February. This is not over. They're, 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 this is this gradual thing, and that's what Lou Elizondo says. When we get the next video, we will release the video. And then they leak this stuff into the, and they have these uh, DV, uh, these DVDs, the photos of these DVDs with all the videos on them, and they and they leak that, and they leak the the transcript of the actual Nimitz thing with all the details, with actual names and phone numbers and stuff like that. They leak this. So, it hasn't stopped. It's so that so then continued. so then eventually they can say once we're acclimatized, which isn't going to take too long. They can say what what Darren said. The Borg is coming. Project Bluebeam comes into place, and they that's their last card, their trump card to say now the world becomes one because we're against the Global evil, the evil ETs, and there's your globalism. Oh well, to me, it, 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 for, it depends who you're looking at. If you're looking at the Defense Department, it's we need a two trillion dollar budget, and if we can get evil aliens, and we got a two trillion dollar budget, and we're really going to be able to spend some money and make some make some some big bucks on this thing. And if it's the guys like Putoff, who's spent his entire life, he's got he and Kit Green, who are two of the key people, are two of the guys who have the the longest, maybe the longest held top secret SEI clearances in the country. Yeah. They were working on their remote viewing program. They're, they've been into this bizarre uh, spooks and aliens and ghosts and all this crap. They've been in it the their whole life. And they're, they're trying to figure it out. And they're trying to get money for themselves. So they're doing the, they're going along with the threat thing. And according to some of the stories, they've got a half a, half a billion dollars. They've been given $500 million and that's what they want. So everybody's trying to get their thing. So if you're help put off or you're a kid, uh, Eric Davis, and you're an astrophysicist, you have to make a proposal because you need to have a job. So you make a proposal. I'm going to do uh, faster than light travel and I need a program. And, and you go and you try to convince the government to give you money so you can do your little pet project. And and the, the NASA people are doing their thing. We want to go to Mars. And everybody's pushing their little thing to get their money out of the defense budget. And and it's it's so it's all separated. And um, they, 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 they've just... The people that are running it have just learned how to do it very, very well. And I think what they've done is, and and I first pointed this out, now everybody sort of agrees with me, is that they didn't come to the UFO community. They didn't try to convince me and all the other UFO people because we're very skeptical. There's a million questions. Nobody believes anything. Exactly. Oh, they went to the New York Times, the Washington Post, and political because they wanted to go to the public. And they're trying to shift the swing voters. So if you're in a vote, you're not going to go for the Republicans or Democrats. You're going to go for the swing voters. And that's what they're doing. It's like the old story. Science advances one funeral at a time. They're trying to swing the voter. They're trying to swing the the attitude of the public to an uh, so that 40 40 only 40 percent of people disbelieve instead of 50 percent. You're just moving the, the thing. And the more they drop it, the more people come online and they suddenly believe. And then you get to a point where it's like, when did gay rights get the rights? When did African-Americans get the rights? And you go, well, I don't really know when it happened. It was like 20 years ago or so. And it's, it's just going to happen. It's gradually happening. Even now, people will come and they'll say, oh, yeah, I know UFOs are real. Once it went to New York Times, it's New York Times. It's for real. They've shifted a lot of, of people's minds 
by having this thing appear in the New York Times. It was they well, never ran good. a full because that means there's weapons of mass destruction in Iraq. <laughs> yeah. And if that makes you money, then that's what you do. So, you know, it's the whole thing. You get separation. We we have an enemy. We have a need. I'm the guy that's going to solve your problem. You give me the money and I'm going to build weapons and we're going to we're going to beat the Russians at this and Chinese and we're going to get the evil aliens. And everybody's out to get money. It's the bottom line. Yeah, everybody's I, out. I, to get well, money. not, I agree not with only that, there's a lot of money in us not getting along with any sort of agenda that makes us think the universe or the earth in general is more malleable than we think it is well that's that's kind of why i'm saying there's there's no there's not a good reason for them to come out and do this because that's where that's where the end Don't result's going to be point at me. that's where the end result's going to be is we're going to become one and these we're going to all once we realize this reality we are going to become one but that doesn't help you take over the world I mean that exactly. Know. That's the whole point. That's the whole point. It, it you don't get a defense budget. You can't. You can't yeah, get any money by saying we're all one. No, but I realize. Yeah, that's where I the missing two trillion that. goes. Is making sure exactly. that you don't point at me again. Is making sure that <laughs> is making sure that uh, you know we don't think we're one. But that's the missing piece. I agree with all everything Grant's saying, but it's that black. It's the it's the dark money. The the. Uh, <laughs> The missing trillions or billions or whatever it is that is really what we should be talking about as far as but, but, what, what, but what, technology, to, what technology that's creating, like what, what alternate reality that's creating. It's fucking but it's Facebook and Twitter. And the, top, the, the most classified secrets are weapon technology and the most money is going into weapons. It, it won't be going to anything else. It's like, you know, the, I think that's past it, weapons though, isn't it? I mean, you know, the, that's all fine with the, with the actual military budget, but I don't think that stuff is going into weapons. I think that's going into, you know, mechanisms that's going into of control. Pockets or, or, is where it's going. It's but going that's it's weapons lining too. pockets all the yeah, way down. Yeah, true enough. Yeah. Yeah. yeah even enough. even yeah, the, yeah. the whole thing yeah. about the Canadian government document. Why why did the Canadians know in nineteen fifty that mental phenomena they were told by the Americans, mental phenomena Yeah, but you know what I be think. Involved. So how did they know that? Because there was nobody talking to aliens. Adamski would not come out until nine days after the detonation of the hydrogen bomb. <laughs> there was nobody talking to aliens, so how did they know? And the reason that, that now we know that there may have been a live alien at Roswell, and the alien was talking in people's heads. So if you're the CIA and the military, you say, my God, can you imagine if we had this technology? That's why they went to the MKUltra. It wasn't because they wanted to drug people. They were trying to figure out how consciousness worked. And we don't care how we do it, how many people we hurt. We're going to figure out how consciousness works because we are going to get it before the Russians get it because of the Russians and North Koreans and all these people get it. We're in trouble. So it, but it's still weapons. It's, it's the ability to get into people's minds to manipulate and, and that kind of thing. It, it, to me, it always comes down to this separation thing is me versus you and the guys who can create the most separation, the most need for me to save you is the guy that's going to get the most money. Yeah, yeah. Don't forget that uh, you know Hitler was talking the aliens, and how we brought over half the Nazis in Project Paperclip. So that you know, and then there's there was people talking to them way before the forties. Not that yeah, that has well, anything I, to do with that, but you know what I mean. I mean that you yeah, know. Yeah, and that's why they brought the paperclip people, not because they were pro-German, but because these guys could advance their weapons. It's it's always comes down to the the same thing. It's the ends justifies the means, and if you're a weapon guy, even Elizondo said. Uh, this whole deal about, you know, they're in our airspace. 
And uh, we have to do something. And Eric Davis said the same thing. We have to do something. This is our job. We're, we're the, the, this is the Nuremberg defense. This is our job. We have to, uh, if somebody comes in our airspace, we got to kill them. And I always sort of, you know, make the joke. Well, you know, you, it was your airspace off the coast of California before 1848. It was Mexican. You stole it from the Mexicans and the Mexicans stole it from the aboriginals. And before that, nobody owned it. And if you come right down to it, the aliens have been here for thousands of years, according to everybody. It's actually the alien planet. And it's probably a good idea that we leave the planet. It's actually their planet. They were here first. If we want to play the game of whose airspace it is. <laughs> Alex, do you want to... Uh, Not do you if have we evolved here. Fuck that. I'll fight. Yeah. <laughs> do you want to address before we run out of time? Like, do you have any... Where, yeah, where you uh, want to go? Here's what I keep... Here's what I keep picking at. I keep saying I'm a yogi. <laughs> I'm a yogi. That's my perspective. And, I, and I'm deeply into, you know, reading and studying all that stuff. There's something about this story that doesn't ring true with the best accounts you hear of the spiritual masters that we have. So I was telling Grant, you know, I'm the hugging saint, you know, who works tirelessly to help people. She ain't saying shit like this, you know, Neem Karoli Baba, Neem Karoli Baba walking around with the, the, the cup on his head, broken cup. He's gone now. But I mean, there's a quality of difference that you, they don't do Whitley Strieber. They don't do Skinner cage. They don't, you know, take kids and lock them into uh, cages and subject them to this horrible trauma in order to wake them up. Now, I, I, I just, I can't quite square that. I don't know. I mean, so I, 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 there's, that's what I keep, keep scratching at is, are they counterfeiting the spiritual experience in a way, because we are very susceptible. I go back to, you know, to go watch Darren Brown hypnotize people and mind control people. We are so freaking feeble minded, all of us, that we just don't know the extent to which they could be manipulating our association with what is spiritual in order for their own gain. I'm not sure that's the way it is. I'm just not sure I'm willing to dismiss that yeah, possibility. Everybody's manipulating. I'll, I'll tell you a story. Maybe you can finish with this. Um, if, if you if you follow the John Burroughs, you know that they're they're doing this thing with exper- experiencers, the to the stars. It's not really to the stars. It's helped put off um, Gary Nolan, who apparently has now quit, and uh, Kit Green, who used to run the weird desk at the CIA. And John Burroughs tells the story that um, he was one of the people in the program. So you have these military people who are have interacted and have been injured and uh, they wanted John Burroughs' uh, DNA, and Kit Green, from the, CIA, the former CIA guy, got him his disability, and um, so he agreed, okay, I'll give you my DNA, and then he said, well, will I learn what's actually going on with uh, my DNA when, when you finish the test? And Kit Green said, okay, we'll, we'll give you the report, and this, this happened, I, it's not that long ago, so Kit Green phones him up, and he says, are you sitting down? And John says, just tell me what's in the test. I don't have to sit down. He said, no, seriously, I need you to sit down. So John sits down and he says, I just want to let you know that your son and you have totally unique DNA. And then John starts to go (laughs) off and he doesn't really want to talk about it, whatever. But what he says is then Kit Green tells him, he says, I I need you. I need you to, to do something. I want you to do an experiment. And the way he described it, I believed Kit Green had told him he should start meditating. I talked to a, a researcher who told me uh, that John had told him it was yoga. 
And so you have this guy inside this program dealing with military uh, people who've been injured, former guy who ran the CAA and, and was actually the control officer for the remote viewing program in the 1970s, who's actually telling John to do either meditation or yoga. And then John says, he calls it the big C. He says, and it actually, it started to open up and his contact started to increase. And he said, the stuff actually works. And that's where this, this whole thing, so you say there these bad guys, and yet you have the guy on the inside who's actually sending them back to this ancient met, uh, program, whatever it is, to open his mind, which means that not only do they know the bad parts, but they know this other aspect of the consciousness. Hmm. That's fascinating. That's, 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 that's a great that was, story. Yeah, that was pretty recent. Yeah, this is only a couple of months, and John still is using the word "the big C." He doesn't really want to. He said, "I really don't want to talk about." Uh, <laughs> and I've got a, I've got an audio tape that anybody, if you want to get it, I'll send you an audio tape where you hear um, it's Kit Green, who is he's a he's the neurologist, so he's he's the does neurology, and then it's uh, uh, um, Gary Nolan who is doing the DNA stuff, and Hal Putoff, who's the science guy who who sets up the experiment. And the, I was sent this tape, which uh, was a program, and, and, and it had Kit Green talking to an intuitive. So here, here you are. You're, they're using an intuitive. You would never want to believe. This is like a, this program that, that's running with these experiencers, military experiencers. They're using an intuitive. And Kit Green on this tape is saying, this woman is 95% accurate. So they give them targets, like one, two, three, four. And they've got these injured people. Like, and that's my impression. And they give them 001, 002. And then he says, okay, this person... Tell me about them. And the per and she names it off. And he says, stop, stop. And 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 he, according to him, she's 95 percent accurate. And then he says, OK, who are they dealing with? And then the woman says, oh, there, there's this these aliens and there there's a base. It's a portal under the coast of California. And she starts this totally bizarre stuff that you never would believe. And so uh, I, I told Burroughs about it. He said, I don't believe there's such a tape. I said, John, there's a tape. It's like 45 minutes long. And it's like absolute la la land stuff. I mean, you, you can't believe they're doing this kind of stuff. And so he, I sent him the tape and he, he contacts me back right away. He said, that is Kit Green's voice. And so he contacts <laughs> Kit Green and all Kit Green would say is, uh, this is a messy situation. The client leaked the tape. Legally, I can't talk about it. End of story. And so you have this tape and you hear, hear what they're doing and you realize they have the, the sort of the evil aspect of, of what they might be doing. But then you have this other aspect, which is like, like total new age world. I mean, I just, I couldn't believe I was listening to Kit Green talk about this kind of stuff and they're using these intuitives and talking about portals and and just really really uh new age stuff you use no other way to describe what, what's going on and it seemed like that's kind of the stuff that they may be doing behind the scenes yeah that's that's fascinating and i mean especially because you know you hear about the california island like off of catalina island i mean that we've had a couple episodes like the guy from the with the orange orbs i mean he's pointing to that spot as terry a, ray, terry ray as, a, as, a, as you know that's the, where the data shows these things are coming from and then you got this so yeah send over the tape for sure Graham. We'd lo i'd love to hear that that'd be so uh, they're coming out of the yeah. ocean well no it's a portal underneath the coast so yeah ocean maybe through this maybe like doesn't Pacific matter Rim? if it's yeah. underwater or not you know and, and anybody live, else i just live close I, I, we live, both my sons on separate times have been surfing down here, North San Diego County, and seen a UFO. Wow. Confirmed with their uh, with other guys they were surfing with that they didn't even know, but UFO come out of the water. 
Wow. Yeah, that's, that's a U.S. We're, so we're, then. You know, 30, 40, 50 miles from Catalina Island. Wow. Any aliens? Yeah. yeah. You can play the tape for your son, and then you'll hear this guy. And anybody else, you'd say, ah, it's just a crazy guy. But Kit Green, I mean, Kit Green is Wayne State University. Uh, oh, he's like Green a scientific this- molder. Yeah, he's like, I mean, he's, you know, uh, worked on all these different programs. He did the one program, and and, and he, when when the one guy exposed this, and I don't know if you've ever had Gary Beckham on, uh, but he he's um, no longer wants to talk. He's He had a sort of intelligence background. He came across this thing where they're doing, and Kit Green is on this thing about non-local consciousness, and he was trying to verify this, and he was working with this guy in the National Academy of Science Sciences in China, and they were doing this experiment in 2008. They proposed to do this experiment where Kit Green's this MRI guy. They put two people in an MRI machine, one in uh, China and one in the United States. And then they would do a telepathic uh, signal and they would look at the MRI to see whether the the, the uh, signal was instantaneously received on the other end hmm. to see is, is consciousness non-local or is it not. And on this tape, you can actually hear him talking about this experiment, but now it's changed. It's They're going to have this intuitive in the one MRI machine and they're going to have Yuri Geller in the other yeah. MRI machine and they're going to send this signal. And he said, Yuri's... Uh, Yuri's going to want um, his uh, crew because he always wants the, the TV people around. But this is not going to happen. But you hear this guy, this 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 leading scientific guy, and he's running around and he's telling people about this program. They're they're sort of again leaking this these indirect stuff about this program, and and it's all it, it appears it's all got to do with uh, this consciousness aspect and with this DNA thing. Huh. Where they talk about the antennas, where they say uh, all the experiencers have this antenna, which fits into my theory is the idea that you're in the dark, you're in the dark ocean, and because you have the antenna, you're able to pick up a signal. You're able to get stuff from the higher uh, realms or space or wherever it's coming from. You're able to uh, bring it in, and that's why they watch the experiencers. That's why uh, these these you know former intelligence people are watching experiences. It's the old deal that and the, the they're not talking to the government and they're you can't discover anything by watching stuff fly out in the sky. You've got to follow the experiences. Why are they in contact with the experiencers? How are the experiencers able to contact these beings? And again, it'll go back to military stuff. If we can learn to do this, then we can learn telepathy and we can get it in. Because the only way you're going to get the research money is to build it into a, a military research uh, budget, which says we've got to get this before the Russians. And this has got technological capabilities which can be used against us. So whatever happened to the last time you were on the show, uh, it was quite intriguing because it was shortly after you had found the uh, the government uh, guys. Now, I can't remember who it was. They were talking about the portals and they were on that public video forum uh, talking about the, the portals. And I don't know if that was especially related to uh, like Skinwalker Ranch or anything like that. But whatever it was or anything that happened with that that has changed your your point of view. Well, really? I'm still doing the book. I think you're talking about the Mission Rama thing where I, uh, I go and I get this message from this uh, alien you know, that I'm going to Mount Shasta in California to meditate for world peace because this girl that I uh, helped me edit stuff and helped me out. And I figure, OK, uh, you know, the, all these Latino people go and sit on the side of a mountain world, meditate for world peace, which I didn't want to do. But I, I went because my my friend asked me to go. And then I get this message. We're going to have this program sighting, which is the, the, the idea that these these groups, which are called uh, Mission Rama groups, are able to somehow bring in. Uh, beings 
And the, the difference between the Skinwalker Ranch, where they're walking around with guns, these black ops people and stuff like that, where they're having all these horrendous experiences with these evil forces and, and, and cattle mutilations and stuff. And then you have the Mission Rama people who are doing basically the same thing. They're interacting with the, with these beings and they're coming out of portals and stuff like that. But there's no, there's no mutilations. There's no evil. There's no wolves. It's all these angelic beings. And that's this whole thing about this manifestation thing where again it seems to confirm that uh, you get what you what what you put out or uh, there's a guy in California that um that this guy with the 5 foot owl one of the stories he told me from the being that he encountered um um was the fact that one was two things he got from the being one was he said to the being if you are a being or whatever put something in my head I don't already know and what was put in his head was this idea about uh, biocentrics and he thought, what the hell is that? And he went home and he looked it up. And it's a book written by Dr. Robert Lanza. There's yep. actually two books. Biocentrism. And, and this is yeah. biocentrism. And, and you look at that. That is what I'm saying. It's like consciousness is an illusion. Uh, time and space are illusions. Uh, uh, life creates the universe, not the other way around. It's not a random world. It goes through the whole thing. And this is the first, the guy to first clone a, an extinct species. So my friend contacts him and he wants to do a documentary in Hollywood. The guy says, I'll help you out, but I can't be involved. I'll give you my assistant, this sort of stuff. But one of the things he was told by the being was this whole idea about this manifestation thing. That if you are, and this John, um, John Mack came up to this idea at the end of his life where he started to, to hypothesize that if you saw greys, you had a certain type of personality that you uh, were sort of, um, I can't remember what the thing was, but reptilians, and I know with reptilians, I know one girl with the reptilians, is you have like a, a very sort of energetic personality and you're interested in sex and all this kind of stuff. And then you have the angelic types, the, the, the real spiritual people who are bringing in alien type people, and it's sort of the manifestation. And what he told me that the being had told him was when they encounter people, they have to... Uh, scan your brain to see what's in there. And if you are embedded in fear, they will use fear to teach you a lesson because that's all they can do. They can only use what's in your head. So they are using what's in your head to teach you lessons. Then that's, this would go to this whole idea that, that uh, you know, if you're in the, the love and light, you're going to manifest, your experiences are going to be that way. If you're a Christian, you're going to see Jesus. If you're, you know, uh, you know uh, an atheist, you're going to see uh, you know, something else. It's it. It's this whole idea that we have a lot more influence on what we're seeing than than we we don't. And this whole screen imaging thing seems to be this whole thing that you think it's uh, an alien, and suddenly it turns into a ball of light, or it turns into a rabbit, or it turns into a doctor. And and it's it's this very sort of pliable world that 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 uh, seems to be justified. By this Mission Rama thing that has had never had a catalyst, has never had an evil thing. It's all these messages about uh, saving the world and and love and light and these beings, ten foot beings with almost like the 1950 contactees, and it's all uh, you know just wonderful stuff. And then on the Skinwalker Ranch, it's like this horrible place where all this stuff and it follows people home and and all this kind of stuff. And uh, you know these black ops guys are stopped in their tracks and and threatened and told to get off the ranch and this sort of stuff it's, it's two different worlds and they're both doing basically the same thing huh i think the portal thing that i i don't know maybe it was kate green talking to it was somebody and his wife a government 
somebody in the CIA or ex-CIA and his wife talking about Oh, that's portals. Pandolfi, yeah. Oh, Pandolfi, yeah. right, yeah. Yeah, Pandolfi. That was the whole thing. That was the Joe Fermich thing. Joe Fermich okay, spent yeah, yeah. like $100 million. And I'm trying to verify, does Joe Fermich have a portal? And it, and it was the old thing about the evil people. So they're saying, oh, Joe Fermich, you can't listen to that guy. He's, you know, he's got cocaine problems and he's got impaired and there's people chasing him for money. And I go, okay, yeah, whatever. But does he have a portal? And they go, well, he's really bad. I had a private investigator. And I go, I really don't care what he does in his private time. All I want to know, one question, does he have a portal? And nobody could answer this whole deal. And then what it appeared was that they're doing this anti-gravity thing. They've been through nine different versions and these at Salt Lake. And the guy does have problems with money. He's, you know, he's borrowed all this money from people. People are chasing him for money and stuff. But he's on version nine and they're trying to levitate this thing off the ground. And he does talk about having a portal application but again, here's a guy who's worked on it since the 1990s. He had this, uh, you know, two and a half billion dollar dot com ex uh, company that he was running. And he has this vision in the middle of the night with this being that comes over his bed. And he tells the being, I want to travel in space. And the being looks very annoyed. And he said, why should we help you? And Fermich says, because I'm willing to die for it. And at that point, when I talked to his, his head, head engineer, uh, according to that, Fermich was sort of ta taught uh, given the ideas of how to work inside an atom, how to operate inside an atom. And so he's been obsessed since the 1990s. He gave up the dot-com thing, gave up his company, and, and invested every dime he's got into this whole thing about portals and about, um, you know, levitation, about, uh, you know, this kind of stuff, uh, using these spinning gyro things. And so the question is, I mean, if he spent all this money and he has all these contacts and is this big time guy, why is he still working on this Mickey Mouse technology? If we're flying stuff to for, you know, we're landing on Mars and we've got bases on Mars and the moon and and we're traveling to different stars. Why is he working on this Mickey Mouse technology? Surely he would have something better than that. And that's where I start to doubt the the, the secret space program that maybe no, this maybe this stuff's all, you know, crazy stuff that they're just throwing in because that's the way they work. You they, if you get something, they have two options. They can come and kill you, which gets kind of messy. Or all they do is just throw some dirt in your in your water and and mess the whole thing up. So you don't know what to believe, and what not to believe. You just put in a second story, which happened with Bob Lazar. If you remember the, the story with the Dulcie base, the story that was being put out in the 1980s, the Dulcie base and the aliens shoot 64 people. They, they come in with guns and also have guns. There's this big shootout. 64 uh, special forces are killed under the Dulcie base. Well, Bob Lazar was told that story the second day he went onto the base. He's given 125 documents to read. When you go, when I train people, when you train them, the second day you don't tell them what, what, how the program works and all these different documents. You basically show them where the washroom is. You show them where the lunchroom is. That's about it. And he gets 125 and he is told exactly the same story. He's given a document, exactly the same story as the Delcy shootout, except this time it happened under Area 51. That's the whole thing I think they do is they just mess the stories up. They make it all bounce around. And uh, meanwhile, they're, you know, financing their programs and they keep people away from what they're doing. But it's an American phenomenon. It's only the United States of America where they leak this kind of stuff. In Canada, people always ask me, what's going on in Canada? I say, I haven't got that foggiest notion what's going on in Canada because the, the, the government doesn't talk about it. So if you wanted to cover it up. the government doesn't have the foggiest notion what the fuck's going on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But that's the whole thing. If you, if you wanted to cover the thing up, and this is my big thing. People say, oh, they're trying to cover this thing up. They're trying to, you know, uh, make it go away. If you wanted to make it go away, you would do what Canada, Sweden, 
Great Britain, France, every other country in the world has done. You just sit and shut up and quit talking about it and the story will go away. It's only in the United States of America where this happens. It doesn't happen in any other country in the world where you have whistleblowers and people leaking documents and, and uh, stories of crashes. I just interviewed a woman from Denmark this morning. I said, okay, how many crash flying saucers have you got? And she said, never heard a single story. Nothing in Denmark, Not nothing. And that's the thing. It's an American phenomena. And, and, uh, a lot, of Hollywood, yeah, a lot of Hollywood in yeah, America. A lot of those cultures and countries already accept that there's uh, extraterrestrials out there, that there's beings visiting us. I mean, you know, South South Af South America is already like that. I mean, a lot of countries, even France has done their scientific investigations. It's not really like Man. they're not bothered about it. They already kind of accept that it's here. So it's not. it's kind of... I understand what you're saying, but it's not quite uh, as kind of dry well, Germany, as I Well, I'll give you an example of Germany. In Germany, you can't even talk about it. Nobody will even listen to you. It's, it's absolutely a non-topic in Germany. Yeah. I mean, the guy that runs the German thing said it's absolutely unbelievable. He said no newspaper will cover a story. They could not care less about anything. They're, they're into uh, whatever, building their cars and uh, whatever. You know, it's, it's, it's the mindset. Where yeah, the, the, yeah. The, yeah, the mind thing, and right. maybe the the whole thing, like the woman this morning said with Denmark, we didn't have any nuclear weapons, which may be why the United States is this, is the focus of this whole thing, because it has a lot to do with nuclear weapons. It, it doesn't matter what period of time you go, you can bring all these stories about the contactees appearing, the green fireballs all had nuclear weapons. My story involved nuclear weapons. They're shutting nuclear weapons. They're making nuclear weapons launch down. All cattle mutilations happen downwind and downstream from from nuclear power and and huh. contamination stuff like that. It's it's a big it's a big topic. So that may be why the United States of America is such a focal point of this phenomena is because it has the highest technology. It has the most weapons. It has the most. Uh, nuclear stuff, and that may be why it's inundated. Whereas in some countries, uh, it's, it's like a non-topic. Nobody even uh, it, it's you hear nuts even to talk about it. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point, and I also appreciate the context with uh, Pandolfi and and that portal thing because I didn't realize I didn't make that connection before. I didn't realize the one you were talking about, you know, as an example of. Um, you know, not having anything past the technology that he's working on with his millions of dollars is the same guy that was was uh, talking about portals with. with Here's Pandolfi, a question. So. How did Germany? Yeah. Lose, how did Germany lose the war but still end up in control of Europe? And the, and the United <laughs> States. And the United States. They work hard. They work hard. They, they, that's their focus is just to build and uh, yeah, invest. They, they and, well, we can agree on this. We can agree on this. If the cattle mutilating helicopter crashes in your yard, <laughs> run like a motherfucker. <laughs> nobody lives yeah. to talk about that. Yeah. Right on, guys. Well, it's been a fantastic chat. Do you, Grant? Do you have anything else you want to mention, or Alex as well, before we kind of wrap it up? No, this guy's the best, though. I just, I'm always just awestruck by the amount of knowledge he has. It's like a, a month's worth of work just to oh, yeah. follow up on everything. <laughs> totally. <laughs> well, I, I have one interesting story they're working on right now. I just was working on it tonight. I, I have a radio show in two weeks. I've got Damon Steer on. Damon Steer was the guy who asked Hillary the question, uh, the UFO question. She kept wanting to, the demand for the UFO question. He was the first guy to ask her because he's in New Hampshire. He's a reporter in New Hampshire. And there you have to go from town to town. You can't just sort of, uh, you know, fly in, fly out, that kind of thing. you got to actually, because it's the first primary that everybody tries to sort of win to get the momentum and stuff. And he's talking to two of the, uh, the people that are running now for the, um, is it the house? I think it's the house. 
And um, I just found out tonight he, he's going to be on my show. We're going to do an election show. And he's got the uh, grandson of, um, I guess, what's the president? Uh, Cleveland. Uh, Grover Cleveland, the grandson. He's a, a UFO fanatic. And uh, he's interacting with the, the people that are running in the house. And one of the people in the house, and he wants me to try to invite her on the show. There's no way she's going to come. But she's on the House Armed Services Committee, which is the supposedly wow. the committee where they're trying to get the money for the to the stars people for the all this research stuff. And so he's actually inter interacted with her because you can't really avoid these small town newspapers. And so I'll see what he's got to say, what he what what conversations he had with her. And this guy, it's the same thing. He had his UFO sighting. Then he sort of asked this question of Hillary. And now this guy is like obsessed with this stuff. And because his paper sort of became famous for the story, his editor tolerates it. He allows <laughs> yeah, him to yeah, sort of yeah. do it a little bit of it. And uh, so I'm looking forward to this story, how this unravels. And and uh, then you have this other woman. I tried to get her on the show. She's from she was running for the GOP in Florida. I don't know if you heard about her. Her name is uh, uh, Bettina Aguilera. And she uh, she's been taken seven times. She talks about the beings. She knows exactly what the beings are. All right. And she was running for Congress. And the the Miami Herald actually backed her in the in the primary. And she ended up losing the primary. I, I wanted her to come on the show. She said she'd give me her first interview, but she's not willing to come on the show yet. But you get these type of people that are running for Congress. And her story is like just really, really, really major total recollection. Uh, these beings, the planets they took her to and stuff like this. And then she drops the bomb. She says, and the second most powerful experience I had happened on exactly the same day as Travis Walton. And she's trying to get track Travis Walton down to talk to him because she had this major event on the same day wow. as he had. And his event happened at the same time they're doing the nuclear weapon thing on the Canadian-U.S. border. They were going Loring, Wurtsmith, Minot, and and Malmstrom. They were all the these uh, they called them mysterious helicopters were inside the nuclear weapon storage areas. Uh, and with their lights flashing, you know, and and bright as can be, so everybody can see them. It, this all happened at the same time. So it's you see these bizarre synchronicities. But the, there's a couple of uh, more politicians out than than before and uh hopefully um they can sort of enlighten people as to what's going on because in terms of the government you're never going to get it they're manipulating it for their own benefit for their money to get their budget and it's like it's a second level of secrecy so you have the government secrecy now you got to the stars secrecy and then they get upset because they they keep all the secrecy and then their their uh, their budget thing their their year their by by yearly uh, financial report comes out and it shows they're thirty seven million in the hole they only collected a million dollars they've only got a hundred thousand dollars in the bank and all this kind of stuff and now it's backfiring on them because everybody's trying to grab every little straw that they can uh, to get a story. And their their secrecy is backing is is backfiring, but they they've got this whole level of secrecy that they they've got all this stuff and they won't tell us, and it's like MJ twelve too. You have the government secrecy now, you got two the stars secrecy. So yeah, 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 good point. So how can people listen to that then? That's coming up in a couple of weeks. Uh, yeah, it's if they the easiest way is probably to go um uh, my uh, Cameron Files is the uh, KGRA Cameron Files. All the archives are there. Okay, so you'll see um. That that interview will, will be uh, fairly interesting because Damon Steer has talked to these uh, Congress people, and he said it's one of the sort of the swing seats, uh, one of the key seats that everybody's trying to win is this uh, New Hampshire seat, and uh, so it'll be interesting to see what he's got to say. 
because he's been working on this since he asked Hillary the question. He's been obsessed with this political angle to this whole thing and seems to know fairly well what's going on. He's the guy who gave me the first indication that there was something wrong because as soon as it happened, as soon as they made the big disclosure last December, I said, Damon, Damon, you got to follow up. You got the one big story. File an FOA. It's first come, first serve. Get in line. We got to get the documents on on the, the the to the stars and all the documents and the videos and where the videos came. And he actually talked to the Pentagon to this uh, Harris who was in the uh, um, the public affairs office. And Harris said to him, "I can assure you that we did not release any videos. I can absolutely assure you we did not." And as soon as I heard that, I go. Uh oh, same game. They're doing the same game. It's like you drop it out there and nobody can verify it. Everybody's bumping into each other. Yeah. Everybody's accusing everybody else yeah. of hoaxing it and stuff like that. And it's 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 the same game. It's almost like the same fingerprints on. In fact, a lot of them are. Kit Green, who's one of the key people in this this to the stars thing, uh, was involved in 1980. Uh, I was chasing Dr. Eric Walker from Penn State University and Bill Moore, who had the Avery at the time. One of his Avery was Kit Green. who was the Blue Jay. He actually sent Kit Green in 1988, I believe it was, to find out what did Dr. Eric Walker actually know. So these are the same players, the same players that were there. Hell Putoff was there. John Alexander was there. Uh, it's the same players. It's just they've, uh, as I look at it, they, they've got they've learned better how to do it. They're learning. They're doing it on steroids. Uh, they've they've manipulated the thing to get the story uh, a bit more out than before, but it's the same story. It's the same scam, same altered documents. You're never going to verify it. It bounces around. People are fighting with each other, and that's the same same game as as they've done for seventy years. Well, it could be working. I mean, it, honestly, you say it on steroids, but we're seeing a difference in like I have my own little group that I go out with, and we're seeing over the last couple of years, there's more and more sightings now. Almost every time we go out. If it's a you know a far enough away spot, we will see a bunch of flash bulbs and some low flyers, and this has been happening. Like I used to go out in the nineties, never see anything. Now it's like a it is a regular thing. It seems to be corresponding with this uh, this this drip uh, that's on steroids, this drip of disclosure that's on steroids. Uh, yeah, you know. And so, remember when you when you when you see the light, half a million you're, fucking you're part of the game. TV stations. Yeah. yeah well. So is that? Do you have a new website beyond uh, presidential beyond, UFO? Yeah, there was a, a thing where it was the old deal where you sort of get a, a, an expert build your website for free, and then he runs into financial problems and all this kind of stuff and can't do it anymore, and then you're stuck with a website you haven't <laughs> got the foggiest notion okay. what to do. So uh, it's been rebuilt, but they couldn't. So it's beyond presidential UFO. So I've got the the archive would be all the presidential stuff, but most of the stuff that I'm going to be posting is going to be going down the the consciousness road and uh, that kind of stuff. I've got a little bit on Donald Trump, but basically I think this is, it's like the, the sightings uh, is a waste of time because it shows, yeah, there's something's going on. It's not ours. The metals will show, yes, this is extraterrestrial. We couldn't have built it on this, on this world. That doesn't get you anywhere. And the, and the president knows what's going on, but he's not going to tell you. So that's not going to get you anywhere. And it comes down to this whole deal that there's 4,000 experiencers who are willing to tell you exactly what's going on. They're willing to tell you. And you start seeing these crossovers with out-of-body experiences, with near-death experiences, with, uh, you know, shamanism, with all this stuff. And you start to see these parallels and you go like, oh, my God, this is all this. It's basically all the same thing. It's 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 just a different aspect, a different thing. You know, the DMT, they've, they've got the aliens in there and the abductions and stuff and you know, Strassman's going, have you been abducted? Like, you know, and you see these crossovers and that's, that's where I, it's almost like the sort of the light coming on where I'm realizing like, oh, this consciousness thing that I got 
is actually going to be turned out to be right. And then you've even got the the movement that Jan Hartson, who had experience himself with a with a being with a craft thirty feet away in when he was nine years old or whatever, the head of MUFON is actually doing a lecture. I'm doing a lecture on consciousness, a big lecture. He's actually doing a lecture in Laughlin, Nevada in November, beginning of November in uh, with me there, and he's doing consciousness in UFOs. I could not believe it. When here's the head of MUFON, is suddenly, I mean, they're into it's super nuts and bolts. Like it's got to be scientific, and scientific means we've got to be able to measure it. Scientific is the physical world. Unless we can measure it, weigh it, feel it, touch it, unless it's physical, we ain't going to believe it. And so they're still into the nuts and bolts. We've got to be scientific. Uh, the, all this other stuff is anecdotal and stuff like that. And to have a guy who's ahead of this sort of physical scientific group suddenly give a lecture on consciousness, uh, I, I just sort of blown away. It's, it's, it's making its move. We're starting to make a little headway, I think. Yeah, that's great. So, uh, so people can go to beyond. Um presidential ufo and then they can find your cameron files there and then they can get they can listen to your radio show i guess through yeah. that and, and then that that one you're coming up with is in a couple of weeks yeah and then and then and my white house uh white house ufo youtube channel i post uh a lot most of my lectures are on there okay and i post mo most of my new stuff on there because i got convinced it's the old deal like i'm getting on in age and you run into people and you sort of take their advice it's like Nobody reads books anymore, and nobody has got time for a lecture. Everybody's into 15-minute YouTube videos, <laughs> and I actually got convinced. I thought, and then I, I did the Tom DeLong thing at the very beginning, and I got like 110,000 hits a couple times because I was doing the Tom DeLong update because I had people inside Tom DeLong's operation. I knew what was going on, and I went, "Holy shit, this is like <laughs> talking to five stadiums." It's like, why didn't I realize this before? And you sort of realize, you know, and and so I've I've sort of moved away from the books and stuff, and you know, these younger people are sort of trying to educate me. But again, it's the thing where people are doing it for me. So if it breaks down, it sort of all falls flat on its face because I have no idea how to do the technology stuff. I just do the research stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That's like it. Graham. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right you know on. Well, no, that's good. I mean, I've seen you on Instagram a little bit too. So you're getting on the social medias a little bit more. And then Alex, how could people uh, listen to your stuff? Skeptico. Skeptico.com. Yeah, right Skeptico on. Skeptico with a K, motherfucker. <laughs> I, I, and I, I will, I'll give a plug for Alex. I've, I've listened to every episode and I use a lot of them because I'll think, oh, somebody had, I remember like the one with uh, um, Julia Sante was on your show. And I keep going back to uh, numerous times to go back because she has this thing about it. It's all one. It's all one life. And, and it's all like stack cards and stuff like that. And I always go back to that one. And there's a there's a number where I go, oh, I remember Alex talking to this person. And I go back and, and go through the, uh, you know, the thing. And I actually use a lot of. Alex's material. He's done a lot of key interviews with a lot of key people that, yeah. that uh, have been in the consciousness field yeah. and uh, very, very resourceful. The stuff that he's done is been very helpful to me over the years. I've, and a lot of his episodes I've listened to five or six times and, and that's the way you work it is. And you'll go back after listening, not listening to it for a couple of years, listen to it again and you'll hear something. Go, new stuff, I didn't yeah. hear, hear that the yeah. first time. It's like, it's just bizarre that yeah. uh, it's a real resource. I mean, it's uh I guess he got somehow that's his role in life to to come here and do that and uh, is doing a good job at it. Yeah, you're both doing a fantastic job. Love to love having you guys on and really love both your all your work, both you guys. And uh yeah, man, this he is really like my uh, my dream episode, my favorite uh favorite guys to chat with. So, it's been awesome. When we started the podcast and Graham had to choose his dream guest, it was Grant Cameron. <laughs>
And at that point, I had already listened to all the skeptical episodes at that point, and I still do. So, yeah, it's awesome. Awesome. Right on, guys. Awesome. So great. Yeah, thank you so thank much. Thank you guys so much for letting me do this. It was so fun. Oh, yeah, it was good. Thank you, sir. Yeah. Thank Beautiful. you guys both and, for coming uh, on the show. Yeah. And who's your, who's your next guest? You had Valet. I used that one as well, too. I went back, listened to Valet, your episode with Valet, a number of times. Because I, I thought Valet was nuts. I mean, I, I, as I said, I, I got dragged into the consciousness thing. I, di- I didn't choose to come here. I used to think Valet was absolutely off his rocker. I, I just thought he was totally crazy. Yeah. And now yeah. it's like, I'm, I, you know, I've gone down that road. And it's so when you, I, you know, I listen to him very closely yeah. because he is one of the guys that uh, has a lot of inside government sources, a lot of insights with military people, scientific people, and he's still talking the same game. Yeah, and he's no he's no dummy. This guy, so he's he's it was it was excellent that you got these you got him on your show. Yeah, well, that was all thanks to Alex for helping us out with that one. And uh, yeah. yeah, I don't. We're gonna try and have Dolan on again. We had him on a, a short uh, short one a few years back, but we want to have him on. And as far as the, you know, UFO and consciousness goes, uh, we're not too sure. We got a bunch of other types of uh, shows coming up. Well, you, what you want to do is get Dolan's wife on. Because Dolan is not the consciousness guy. He's the nuts and bolts, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, uh, guy. We'll but his wife, on, I did see the first, get him first interview. What's oh, that? Okay. We'll have them both on, see if we can get him fighting. <laughs> yeah, well, she she is something else. I don't know if you've ever heard her. I did the first interview she ever did. And her and I are talking about right brain, left brain. And it was unbelievable. And Richard's falling asleep and he's looking at his watch. It's like midnight and he's like, giving her a hint. Come on, let's get out of here. And she is really it, she knows what's going on. She is really sharp, really sharp. Karen, uh, Karen, uh, Karen Dolan. Um, uh, no, spooks. that was his first wife. Oh, okay, uh, Tracy, new Tracy okay. okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. She's into the the whole thing. She's and anything you bring up in terms of uh, consciousness, remote viewing, uh, all this stuff. She is really on top of the whole thing. Completely opposite of Richard Dolan. So yeah, yeah. Uh, they they really balance each other out. That's good. Right on. All right, guys. Thanks, right on, uh, guys. Thanks, a lot. thanks for coming. Okay. Okay. Keep yeah, in good touch. Night. Do this again right. soon. Awesome. Okay. Talk to thanks. See you, Grant. See you guys. Take Bye-bye. care, you guys. Thanks, thanks for being in touch. Yep. There you have it. That was our chat with one of my Grant Cameron Grabs Ooh. dream guest. Third time. That was like five and a half years ago. Yeah. How much you've grown? Like 40 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> Big thanks to Alex T for sponsoring the show, coming on the show. Yeah, that great was chat. great. Well, that was fantastic. Two yeah, and a half really hours good. of gold. Yep. Support the show. Support. That was a fun one. What did you think about that? Uh, you know me. I don't really get down with all the UFO I know, stuff. But there's so fun. much other stuff overlapped and intertwined. I mean, yeah, I tried to poke in a couple of times, the, but then by the time the simulation, by the, the time there was a gap, stuff, the it was state, like, like, come on. See, it's, it's like this budget. guy just gets going. Yeah, there, was, there was lots. Yeah. It's hard to dissect all that. Yeah. Especially when he's so chatty. Yeah, that's awesome. I was trying to sneak in my uh, black budget helicopter joke and the cattle mutilation (laughs) thing. I I know, but I was was trying to sneak that in for like an hour. (laughs) 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 All right, guys, really do support the show. Where else are you going to get two and a half hours? We don't pay wallet. We don't cut it off. We don't do fuck all. We just need you to support the show so that we can move out of Brody's spare bedroom. Uh, grammarica.ca slash support subscribe check out the new website grimworks it's all awesome it's all great you guys are great support the show because we love you that's it yeah all right motherfuckers thanks for listening
and we will see you next week. your blood. Donate to Grand America 
It'll feel real good. Donate to Grimerica, all will be right with the world. Donate to Grimerica, it'll feel real good. Donate to Grimerica, all will be right with the universe. We can just start harvesting blood from our listeners and selling it. We're going to have to expand the igloo a bit. That's a way to support the show, just send us your blood. That's a way to support the show, just send us your blood. That's a way to support the show, just send us your blood.